0: I had to shake them on my last case, big O don't play.
1: All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Musky Hunts podcast. I'm one of your, we're going to call it three hosts this evening, Ryan Reed. We may or may not have a fourth host. It'll be a surprise. Oop. Oh, there we go. Speak, the, the right. of, speak of the devil. That was one of, your, one of your four hosts this evening. <laughs> and we have, as mentioned, three other hunks on the line. And we have a very special guest tonight. Another local boy. Mm-hmm. Feeling feeling it. Feeling it, mm-hmm. boys. <clears throat> so Pittsburgh. we've got lots of Pittsburgh. Lots of uh, extra energy tonight. And uh, I'm sure we might get into a little bit of yinzer here and there. Yeah. We'll Hell see. Yeah. So who do we have on the line from a hunk standpoint? We have Mr. Tom Venata.
2: Yellow. Yeah, Been hello. a while. Donnie stumps down on me already. He's giving he you the same thing.
3: Uh,
1: <laughs> Hi, Tom.
2: Hi, Donnie. I like your beanie. You look a little like me. I think Donnie's trying to dress you say like I look me like now. You? I think he's oh, trying to dress like me with the beanie.
1: Honestly, dude, you're it's both Christmas wearing gift. you're both wearing black shirts. You're both like. Almost like
3: just I don't want to say bald because you're not bald. There's definitely almost I'm probably I probably count as almost bald. I'm not black beard. It's not promising for me. It's thinning. Mm -hmm. I still have hair up there, but there's a reason why I shave. (laughs)
4: It's
3: not real thick when it comes in.
1: Yeah, same here. That's what she said. We also have on Mm -hmm. the phone tonight Mr. Owen Seaman and Big O's Bucktails.
5: Good evening, gentlemen. Glad to be here.
1: Good evening, uh, yeah. sir.
5: How are the pretzels? Hello. How's the new pretzel business coming? It's uh, my son is is happier than a pig in shit with these pretzels, <laughs> man. He loves them, so we, we, it's a success.
1: I'm uh, I just want to state for the record, I was legitimately ready to put in an order with you guys for, for pretzels. I'm
2: still, I'm still waiting on my order. And I was no like, yeah, we gotta how to. Just- we gotta learn necessary. how to like.
5: I, I gotta learn how to like make them, uh, travel well. I mean, they, they right now they don't. They're really good. Like as soon as you make them, but they don't. They don't keep that well. well so we have we'll a guy see. That
2: could maybe help you with that tonight. Yeah. yeah maybe. maybe
5: maybe we'll get maybe we'll get into some of the food service <laughs> industry business, huh?
1: We also have on the phone tonight, Mister Donnie Swank. Good evening, late. boys. You were all. You were well, almost fast, right on time.
5: time no, right on time. <clears throat> Yeah, that's you
1: guys weren't early. I just made it by the well, skin
2: of his bald head.
1: It mm-hmm. is good to see all of your smiling faces again. And we have again, we have a guest tonight, so I want to kick it over to Tom to get us started.
2: Yeah. So we have a listener, a friend, uh, just another Pittsburgh guy. He uh, he's a beginner, uh, maybe beginner to intermediate musky fisherman. He's not a total total noob to musky fisherman, uh, musky fishing um he actually reached out to us like right after we started and he sent us like a really encouraging message that I know lit us all up like we, it fired us all up and it, he was one of like the first guys to do that I think and we met him at the muskie max and we all kind of started chatting and we've become friends since and it, I found out at a later time that he is another uh part of the Pittsburgh muskie fishing foodie uh group I guess you could say he is a muskie fisherman from Pittsburgh and has a restaurant in Pittsburgh um, and that guy is Ryan Shavara of Time Machine down in Bloomfield. Uh, how you doing, Ryan?
0: I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on, guys. We're pumped to have you, man. It's- Dude, we're, we're yeah.
5: super excited. That's, uh, and that's the this? Time Machine T H Y M E. Time Machine. I the, see a little what you did there. little play on words there, huh? Uh, yeah, we like a pun. <laughs> <laughs> Clever.
2: Yeah, so we we felt like Ryan. I mean, we didn't he was a little long overdue so we had Nick Colangelo the Musky Fisherman has the bakery we had Luke Musky Fisherman has the restaurant and we're like well, what the hell we got to get Ryan now he he's a Musky Fisherman from Pittsburgh that has a restaurant we just got to we got to complete
5: the trifecta here well let's ask you like tell us a little bit about the time machine
0: uh time machine's actually uh at 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 this moment not even a restaurant it's a uh a hot dog cart that i converted into like a breakfast sandwich wagon um breakfast sandwich paradise if you will yeah Getting a little there. slice
5: of breakfast <laughs> breakfast sandwich heaven <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: uh yeah it was i i bought this cart like uh many years ago and then um it was kind of just in storage and then i was cooking uh i was a line cook at this restaurant called bitter end's luncheonette which was uh a really really exciting um like nationally renowned restaurant to work in and it, it was an honor for me to work there. And uh, I got the job primarily because I already knew the owner. Her name was Becca Haggerty. Um, she's very sick of hearing about you guys all the time because I <laughs> just, I would listen to so many episodes and, and talk about musky hunks like while I was prepping there. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I was working there and then the, and the cart was in storage and then there was a day um where I was going in for a prep shift and I think this was before we used to do these fish fries there and we we get them lined up around the block um and I was like I need I need a breakfast sandwich or there's something quick and fast and easy before I go in and uh I just started driving around in circles um <laughs>
4: and
0: it, I was literally just going like driving around my car and I'm like trying not to like drive and text but I'm like googling like Breakfast sandwich near me, and, and it was like impossible. Yeah. And the Jeez. only thing,
2: it's like you're in the option here.
0: Yeah, I mean, not on the east end. Like, you got to drive yeah. all the way up to jailer Uh Thank you very much, Gecko. Uh, <laughs> I hate Gecko. Gecko sucks. Oh, yeah, oh my God.
5: Gecko is on the absolute that. bottom of the bottom barrel, bottom of the barrel, mm-hmm. below wall. Well, there
1: goes our Gecko sponsorship. <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> we didn't want him anyway. We're still waiting hey. on the Blackstone and the in the sheet Harbor sponsorships. Frank. Harbor Friends. I'm here
0: to I'm here to talk Blackstone griddles, by the way.
4: Oh, I, I
5: knew that would come up there. I knew yeah. that would come up.
0: <laughs> um so yeah, that was like uh I, I I ended up settling for Dunkin' Donuts, which uh was right down the street. Oh. And uh they have because they had this new exciting chef-driven menu. And uh I got a sandwich and I started my shift and I sat down. And I just, like, two bites in, and I was like, this is the worst thing I've ever put in my mouth. (laughs) Like, it was... And it was, uh, like,
5: seven... It had to have been $7, Oh, for sure.
0: Yeah. Well, it wasn't, like, cheap, you know? Like, uh, and I I was just, like... I was ashamed to be eating, to be honest. Um, (laughs) So, I'm kind of just bitching and moaning about this thing and, and then throwing half of it away. And Becca, the owner, kind of just, like... I was like, we have to do something about this. And she's like, well, don't you have that hot dog card? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, well, can't you, like, can we do breakfast sandwiches off that? And that's kind of what started the whole thing.
5: Um, And how did you get, your location is in Bloomfield, right on the main drag. Uh, But, okay, my wife and I used to live, we we lived in an apartment before we got married, right around the corner, right, uh, right by the Sunoco. Around the corner from the Sunoco, probably like I don't know five blocks up from where you are.
4: Yeah, like still
5: Yeah, um, and we would walk down and we would eat it. Um, there was Rocky's Diner. Yeah, is that still there?
3: Yes, that was on the like looked- corner, right?
5: Yes, it was on the one corner, and it it kind of felt like yeah. you were li- sitting in somebody's living room, yep. like yeah. the front of their house. And <laughs> and the guy and the guy that owned it at that I guess he was the owner at that time was like you know really r- really cool and you know it was just like this. We would walk there and have amazing breakfast. And it was just something I always remember about Bloomfield. So seeing your breakfast cart and getting a breakfast sandwich in that same area brought back a lot of memories for me. Like, man, this, this is awesome here in Bloomfield.
0: Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to be in Bloomfield um, even though I, I ended up moving down to the South side in January. Uh, that's a whole oh, did- another
5: podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, when I went, when I stopped by your, your, your spot, you were actually inside. Um, yes. yeah, that, what is that little, that's cause that's another place that we would get breakfast every once in a while.
0: Yeah. So that used to be uh, most famously, that was the Bloomfield sandwich shop. Okay. Uh, it was run by this woman who was named mama Rosa and she like took care of the whole neighborhood. Um, and then it was one other thing before my friend Becca opened it up as bitter ends. Uh, okay. That, so
5: that's what bitter, that's what bitter ends is.
0: Yes. Um, and then she ended up closing up shop this year in April. I was kind of working like using it as my commissary kitchen, like while she was, cause she kind of shut down the inside for COVID and then ended up just turning it into a production kitchen and everything just went out the window. Um, so I was kind of just like going in on, on her off hours and doing the breakfast cart. Um, but she closed up shop in April. She just kind of wanted to get out of the business and i ended up taking over the lease and with how the car the success of the cart has been for the last two years the plan is to kind of turn that into uh, an indoor version of what i'm doing right now so yeah
2: when you got got the hot dog cart was it always in bloomfield is that like the first place you picked you're like we're going right here staying here
0: well so the reason why it, it, it was there was because she already had that street kind of reserved with the city Permit wise, uh, because, okay. because
5: of COVID COVID allowed restaurants to kind of take over more space outside yeah. for, for seating that they, that uh, they weren't allowed to prior, pre COVID.
0: Yeah. And I, I was just like, Hey, I'll stand in a ditch.
5: You know, <laughs> um,
4: <laughs> I, I,
0: I was very excited about that because people know to go to that place for breakfast. So I was like, Hey, while you're not open, we'll do breakfast here a couple days a week. Mm-hmm. And then, um, on the weekends when she was doing her brunches, We'll go to the, like the farmers markets and stuff because you know oh, it is okay. a field. Um, but this year, it's like we had the we she she wasn't open anymore, so I had the whole place to myself, and it just kind of became a permanent fixture. Nice,
2: Ryan. Ryan you
1: had,
0: R, your you had your hand up. Yeah,
1: I just I just want to know, Ryan, where you grew up.
0: Uh, I'm originally from Sharon, Pennsylvania.
4: Okay. So right, okay.
0: specifically Clark. I think population 150. So. <laughs> Right on the banks of the Shenango.
1: Uh, on the banks yeah. of the Shenango. Dirty ass.
0: Mm. I like you this because
2: I'm seeing a lot of parallels, though, because we talked to Luke Woolley, you know, and the, the Alaskan grill, he said, started as a freaking Coleman a grill cart- outside yeah. of, yeah. The,
5: you know. so of himself, I, Yeah, him I selling I salmon lunches. I,
4: I worked, lunches. I
0: worked there oh, when he was idea. doing it. Yeah, when I, I first moved to Pittsburgh about 13 years ago, uh, I was kind of having a hard hard time finding like a, a kitchen to cook in and i was like one of the things i never really learned and even in culinary school was uh, like breaking down fish so i was like i got some free time i'll just go like work at the fish market and, and learn how to like um fish and... cut some of this stuff up just like you know always wanting to learn new things and they so... immediately just threw me in the kitchen because uh-huh. they saw my like credentials they saw how
2: good you were with a knife. They're like, you're too good to be slicing fish,
5: man.
0: <laughs> no, those guys are way better than me. <laughs> those old-timers so like, down you're there. are like, you're not
5: good with a knife yeah, those, in the kitchen. Those old-timers, oh man, they don't mess around.
0: I mean, I'm sure, like, my vegetable cutting is, like, a, a little better. <laughs> but, like, as far as breaking down those fish, it was, like, amazing. They're, it's quality. impressive to watch. Oh we my like,
2: god. We like to just go in and stand there sometimes and you know they're filleting yeah. big well, ass Tom, stripers and stuff. And...
1: Tom has a ton of time on his hands, it seems like, doesn't he? <laughs> Apparently. It's a man he's up his
3: crocs before he goes and watches people fillet yeah. fish. Yeah, it's he's, like the he's, typical. He's his
2: crocs, right? I go fishing in the trout tank down there. That's where I've been <laughs> trout fishing. Oh man.
0: Yeah, you do need to wear crocs when
5: you're walking around that place. <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. <laughs> they they have that does that do they still have the same sushi guy up front? andy oh yeah. as there far is. as
0: i know he's still, i haven't been down I've always in a couple years to be honest uh um, yeah When i'm in the strip for business now so uh i just don't have time to stop and eat
2: so what is this i was looking i, I gotta admit i have not been there to eat yet like go has i think i wanted to talk about that too but what is the sandwich because i keep seeing these pictures it's like a special kind of yeah this is
5: not made, this is correct? not your garden this is not, yeah, your, this is not your, your, your garden variety yet. Your yeah, your sausage biscuit with egg. Although I'm sure that would be delicious too.
3: But mm, first and foremost, you piece of sausage.
5: You <laughs> bake your own bread, right? Your own buns. Yes. yes. And those are what, like brioche or poppy seed? I don't know
0: what we like. I, we call them Kaiser rolls. I, okay. They, by no means a traditional Kaiser roll. It's just it, it's kind of brioche. It's kind of Kaisery. Um. It was something that uh, when, when Becca was still kind of the partner in the business, she was the baker. Um, okay. And I was adamant that we like, we started, we always bake, bake our own bread for there. Cause like that's what she was doing at her, her restaurant, Bitter Ends. And it was a big part of the success there. And I think it's like, you know, honestly, like Pittsburgh, I'm not, I'm not here to talk crap on Mancini's. I, I love a good Mancini's, <laughs> but um, it just, there's not, the, the, there wasn't any bakeries doing what we what I was envisioning as the breakfast sandwich. Um so we just kind of had to do it ourselves. And now that I do all the baking and stuff there. Um so that's been the kind of on the job training. Um but I'm very happy with the bread. That's like I, I think that's like a big selling point of ours. Um it's huge oh, yeah.
2: homemade bread that's like enough to bring people out in itself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's I like one of my favorite things is when people ask me like where we get our bread from um
2: right here. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's just like, and I'm just covered in flour. And
4: <laughs> <laughs> like, dude,
0: where do, do you think it's coming from? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's always really, really nice to hear. But
2: but these ingredients, I mean, we're not, I think, maybe I'm wrong here, but we're talking beef on a breakfast sandwich, right? Like, this is no bacon, yes. egg, and cheese kind of. This is like,
3: this is well, creation. They, they,
2: this, is some, this is something our Midwest get... boys might not know, I feel like.
0: We, you know, like... Uh, this is Bloomfield, and I didn't want to, like, break the mold and, and just make it real chefy. So there is, like, your – the classic sandwiches are bacon, egg, and cheese. Um, and it, it's just the best version of a bacon, egg, and cheese I can make. So it's, like, everything that I can do from scratch, I do. And wherever I can get the best ingredients from, I – there's a, like, I, there's a farmer up in Slippery Rock where I get all my eggs from. Uh, he's this, like, 82-year-old man. Uh, and he's just, like, my one of my, one of my heroes. And so we get all of our eggs like organically from him. But at the same time, like I'm from Sharon and I'm trash and I love American cheese. So it's like <laughs> I'm taking like the best eggs and homemade bread and just putting like Heinz ketchup. And, and it's this <laughs> nice yellow. Yeah, it's like a, this mixture, of, like highbrow and lowbrow. And exactly, you know, yeah, that that's kind of that middle ground is like I like to explore that.
2: It's
5: um, pretty Pittsburgh right there, actually. That is that I in mean, right there.
2: Yeah, you Squirting can get a little bit of both. your Hyde Park steak, you know.
5: <laughs> mm-hmm yeah <laughs>
1: like, we're actually I was. has got the a1 back got here. hines
2: for my hyde park steak
1: eh.
2: <laughs> that's really cool though
1: that's my only pet peeve in life when i go somewhere out of state and they don't have hines catch up uh, yeah. oh, oh you, my well, god it, it doesn't know. matter
5: it doesn't matter where it is it drives me <clears throat> crazy yeah
2: oh f- Ryan seems like he's a modest guy here, so I've been I've been following the time machine page and looking, and it looks like I mean this. You you just talk about it like it's just, it's just some little food court, but it looks like you guys shut the street down. Like it looks like you have a cult following <laughs> of people that are willing to stand there in the snow. The, they don't care. Like they want these sandwiches.
5: This is a very small operation, so I yeah. assume you walk into this every day with a limited amount of ingredients and like how much? How many meals do you? plan on serving it uh, like how do you make how many sandwiches do you prep a day for, for uh, one one si- serving whatever
0: depends on the day but um you, you know like weekdays are like 100 to 150 and then on the weekends it's like two usually saturdays is about a 250 sandwich day
4: nice
0: which uh, yeah and then like our service window is four hours so it's like it's like a sandwich every 30 to 45 seconds <laughs> oh, <wow.
4: laughs>
0: yeah it's it's some long days uh yeah i mean like it's like i'm I'm working like 18 hour days but it's like only four of it's like actively cooking on the cart yeah. everything else is just like prep on both prep. ends of, yeah wow. um because i'm the only i'm the only cook uh you know there, there's a the guy on the weekend who helps helps me like assemble the sandwiches as far as like all the food prep and everything is Jeez. like um i haven't hired anyone yet to help me so, so you said you went to culinary
2: free. school is that is this is this like mom and dad being like superhero chefs or is this all culinary school that you acquired uh, all this knowledge and...
0: uh it was i started I, cooking for myself because it's like my parents you know unfortunately had to work mm-hmm. um and so my dad's an old steel mill guy my whole family's works in steel um and my mom like she went to school for nursing so uh we were like left on our own a lot mm-hmm. and uh my brothers would like come home from school and they would just eat like candy and crackers and uh open a can of denty more and i was like i can't eat this shit anymore you know and i was like this is like 12 13 and i'd be like okay and i started watching like cooking shows on tv um kind of on pbs and uh which i guess now is like weird for a 12 year old to be into
2: yeah watching cooking shows on pbs is 12 year old that's like you're ahead of the head of the game there I think
0: I was I was just hungry I was a husky kid and I, <laughs> <laughs> everything looked great so eat. <laughs> yeah um so I just started uh, that that interest me and then I started messing around and then um uh I was like getting satisfied with some of the my results and then uh as I got older and later in high school I started like doing these like fancy things with pierogies and uh oh and then all of a sudden you know girls would be over the house oh. and then you know up, getting a little attention for these.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say, oops, start making skillets. those pierogies.
4: Who made girls those
3: pierogies?
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah.
0: It was just like candy to a baby.
1: Uh. <laughs> this is
3: epic right now. <laughs> That's how you, <laughs> there's Ryan's anyway, our Ryan's Pittsburgh women. It's with uh, like, yeah. pierogi shit. Western
5: PA pierogies are like an aphrodisiac. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah, ranch is a nightcap. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I was just like, oh, and I was like working in kitchens at the time since I was like 14. Uh, and I was just like, I, I, I kind of like this. I think I'm going to stick with it. And uh, that kind of ended up being the the direction that I took. Um, but I didn't go to culinary school till I was like 25 when I wanted to like kind of take what I was doing a little more seriously. Well, so it that something was
2: a, a, something went right because it looks like you're killing it down there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it took everything going wrong first uh and then uh starting back from the bottom so um no i where i'm at now i'm I'm very happy i feel very lucky to, to be doing it but uh yeah it was uh it was a lot of trip well you know trial and error and uh to to get to where where this was so i almost walked out of the the cooking industry prior to this and uh, this is kind of my last my last attempt to, to do something and uh it's doing well so That's-
5: Awesome That's here. awesome. So, so the is the plan to open back up in the spring, or like you said, you were move moved to South Side?
0: No, me personally,
5: oh, I live okay. in the South Side now. Um, okay.
0: Yeah. So, if you hear any crazy noises behind you, I don't know how much this mic picks up. Uh, <laughs> but um, no, the business is still in Bloomfield, and the, and the restaurant is going to open up on the inside, uh, hopefully by spring. By you know, uh, it, it needs like a like a full remodel. So I don't want to put it put a time and date on anything. But I think something's gonna happen there, whether the card opens up again in the spring or not. Um that's really cool.
2: And now how many yeah. years has this been going for?
0: So this we just finished season two, uh okay. like second week of December. Um and uh yeah a lot of that is just because the the outside just can't keep it up anymore. yeah, and, uh, yeah even the the mighty the mighty blackstone griddle
2: um <laughs> one degree outside's a little too cold for the blackstone
0: probably yeah 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 so we got All the small right. one out there too so
2: <laughs> well i mean speaking of messing everything up on your first try, should we switch over into musky fishing here now the the real yeah, reason well, why, how,
5: i guess well how does how does fishing fit into your life like you know did you have you been fishing your whole life or let's is ask
2: this something what we ask everyone up? when did ryan shaver get a fishing rod
0: yeah um well i i don't remember exactly um and it's fishing is not something that was a part of my life up until about five years ago oh wow uh, i'm not even like a beginner at musky fishing like i'm a, a beginner at fishing mm-hmm. uh in general um it's something that i've always just been like around here and there you know like i grew up in the middle of nowhere so it's like we'd go out in the woods on the weekends and what else is you know, there on the be? lake yeah you know and like I, I was like, I could put a worm on a hook. Um, and I've always had like a passing interest in it. Um, but unfortunately, like like a lot of uh cooks, uh the uh I started to in my twenties and thirties, alcohol ended up being a very big problem in my life. Um and about my mid-30s, it was uh I couldn't ignore it any longer. And uh not proud of it, but I finally decided I needed to get some help and uh, I ended up seeking out some treatment and uh, some of it worked, some of it didn't, but I was finally able to kick it.
5: Good. Uh, awesome. That's, I mean, that's, that's a, a hell of a thing to, you know, to talk about. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, I'm really glad you, you said that. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. yeah it's
2: people a, suffering from it.
5: Yeah. Yeah. I
0: hope I'm not bringing your podcast down here.
5: No, 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 dude. This
2: God. is good. No, and, and, no and this is life, cut man. you off, but I, I thought you were like 32
5: years old.
0: So no, I'm 40. I just turned 40. Yeah.
2: You're, um, for... you're
5: still a pup.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> I feel young.
5: Um,
0: so yeah, that and um, I think so. I was like, finally, I was like, I'm putting, I'm done with this. I, you know, and and I put it be- behind me. But that first year of being sober is was the worst year of my life. And I, I think it's a lot of people don't talk about that when when they get sober. I think a lot of people when they're drinking, they're like, soon as I get sober, like all of my life problems are going to be solved. And it's like, no, it makes you see how many you actually have. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And like, I didn't even sleep that first year because like your body's just so used to like passing out. So I just.
5: Ser- yeah. Being in the food service industry, that's I mean, that's, that's tough. a tough industry. Very. Yeah. I mean, uh, my family. I came from a food service family. I mean, it's alcohol is everywhere. You know.
0: Yeah. It's just, and you know that plus genetics plus Western PA steel town with nothing else to do. It's <laughs> gonna say, know, all say that the
5: cards dealt against oh, you here. Oh yeah. man,
0: yeah. Um, a
5: drinking town with a football problem. Uh, it's yeah.
0: it's my hometown or uh, where my my dad's from. I, like had the highest concentration of uh, churches and bars per square foot. <laughs> Of, like, any place in Pennsylvania up until, like, the 90s. What a calm. Uh, yeah, that's just kind of the attitude up there. But uh, anyway, so that, that first year, I was just, like, kind of going crazy. And I was, like, I need something to do. And I've always liked being outside. Uh, so I was, like, kind of going on these hikes. And um, I started going up to Raccoon Creek. And uh, just kind of hiking around the lake. And I was, like, I have I have a rod. It was a, a five-and-a-half-foot uh, ugly stick oh. ultralight. Um, oh. and a little like, life on pack. the edge. <laughs> yeah. A little pack of like, uh, grubs, like that, like starter. They might have even been a, like a crappy magic kit or something.
2: Like a let's go fishing well, kit.
3: Don't God. get oh, yeah, too excited than I am, but pretty soon you might be able to get those from Tom. He's working on starting uh-huh. some kind of business. Gosh, I, don't I
0: heard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that, that was like kind of the, uh, started planning the idea i was like eh, i'm sick of hiking i was like maybe maybe i'll just like bring that rod up that i've had for 15 years and see what happens and and uh the first day i went out and i i got there super early yeah. and i was like this is nice and i didn't catch anything obviously. You had
2: no no experience
0: fishing like none really i mean like literally it was just like bobber
2: yeah bobber hook cast it that's like
0: and it, it was like that was something you were doing while you were drinking you know what i mean yeah. like it was, no one no one was fishing i yeah. uh, like um it was like if something if you got something it's like who cares uh so that was i just kept trying that over and over and i i just started to get really determined i was like i'm going to get something and i would just go back day after day after day
2: always and, there always at the
0: same place same place same yeah. spot like an idiot and uh <laughs> i was like that that was i was like okay this sucks you know, I'm I'm ready to give this up. And it was like I think it was like the week where I was like, if I don't get anything this week, I'm like, I'm done trying. And uh I caught the little bluegill.
4: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Victory. Um, I wish I, you know, that that thing was like one of the most important catches uh yeah. of my life. I wish I would have, you know, mounted it to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh and I was like, oh, okay. And then that that is when like the analytical mind took over. Yeah. And I was like, well, what did I do different? what was different about today? You know, and then that whole ride home, you know, going through the tubes and I'm like, okay, well, if I did, it, I could do it again. I just have to do the same thing I was doing before. And that's when I start like going on the internet and I'm like, what did I do? And trying to find out, um, you know, how do I catch more
2: doing your and research, going down the rabbit hole
0: that, Oh man. It, and then, and then I started seeing more results. And I mean, this, this is all kind of paying the fish at the moment. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then I, I was like, oh, man, I bet you YouTube would be a good resource because I still don't know what I'm doing. And all of a sudden, I find this Fishing Pennsylvania with Ryan Reed. In.
2: Oh, boy. And,
0: nice. uh, I like, that was such a game changer for me. And uh, <laughs> it's I, I'm so glad I got to come on and tell you, Ryan, like how important that was to me starting out. And uh, I do not think that I'd be doing what I was doing uh, if it wasn't for you. That was a, a huge little
2: golf job. clap for Ryan
0: Reed. Yeah, for real.
1: Yeah, that's, I mean, that's... <laughs> See, that's a, that's the stuff that we don't talk about nobody talks about that you know like if it, a, i'm not gonna call it a dumb youtube channel but you you put time in to make a video you have no idea who's gonna watch it <clears throat> and to hear that i mean that you know that that kind of hits me a little bit you know that's uh, uh, I, uh yeah.
2: no it does I mean, Paul is all choked up now
1: it, it does though because you <laughs> don't, you, don't, you don't always get yeah. to hear that stuff oh yeah for sure you know? like and for that, something as simple as a YouTube video to be able to affect you and make you want to go fishing, like that's the whole reason I started that channel.
3: Yeah. Like you, you know, so I mean, that's Lots really cool. Feedback like that goes a long way. You, the negative feedback is always very loud. So, you know, mm-hmm. uh, hearing the good that things do, like, you know, with Ryan and his YouTube channel, it's just nice to hear. That's cool. No, it was so, awesome
1: what uh, I gotta ask you though what so what what were you searching for on YouTube like at this point like you're trying to catch more fish in general or you're just looking for I think I
0: put in fishing
1: PA. yeah right, there you <laughs> go. that you would think? make sense
3: why you, you like mate
0: <laughs> yeah no I just put other Ryan's fishing and I, I yeah. yeah there you go yeah. uh, That's uh awesome. but, but yeah it was in in those videos were so it, it made it everything seem approachable and and doable and possible because uh you know uh and i'm like what man if i watch these i'm gonna be able to catch a bass and uh sure enough i did and then that was like okay now i'm a bass guy wow. <laughs> so and and then i became obsessed with just all kinds i've been just like reading like bass magazines and i'm watching tactical bassing constantly and um <laughs> it, it was just like it's funny be, though
2: because you're saying this, and this is, like, the progression everybody takes. Like, you know, you catch your bluegill, then you're like, fuck these bluegill, I want to go catch a bass. Then you catch your bass, and I know what's coming next, but it seems like this all happened real fast for you, like, within a yeah, minute. Yeah,
0: yeah, very fast. And, I, you know, and, and, that, and that's kind of how my life was. I think when I, when I got sober, I woke up and was like, oh, my God, like, those last 15 years, like, I'm so behind where I want to be and what I want to do. And so it was just a lot of, like, one, trying to find out – and you know answer that question but also it's just like I felt like I need to hurry up you know like at 35 I was like I'm five years I'm gonna be 40 and it's five years later uh and it's like you gotta like get on this stuff while you can and uh so it, it was just I I really started going out and hitting it hard like like a lot I mean, think like the the first year I decided I'm gonna take it like very serious it was like 100 some plus days. Um and it was just like all I would do. I would just my girlfriend at the time was just so sick of it, I'm sure. Because it was just like all I would talk about, and and I I, it was an obsession. Um and uh but it was still just like I I I still felt like there was so much to learn about everything. I was so excited I wanted to try everything. I was just Mm -hmm. kind of flailing. But at that point, like every species seemed there was like so much to learn. And you know, I always consider myself someone that's like a lifelong learner. Uh, I enjoy learning, and I like games, and I like analyzing things. And it was like the it was like the perfect uh, yeah. scratch for that itch.
5: I honestly, I think, I think that's why I think musky fishing attracts a lot of guys for that reason Mm -hmm. because it's like the guys that like to figure out the puzzle at times you know and and we've talked about before they want it to be the hardest thing possible Mm -hmm. but i think there's there's the aspect of of the the very inquisitive mind that that musky fishing appeals to because it's so difficult or complete suckers for pain I
1: I think it's just (laughs) interesting to hear, like, Ryan, when you're talking about the analytical side of things, too. I mean, this all goes hand in hand. But, you know, just like most people that pick up a fishing rod in their first year, they're going out there and they're going to throw a worm on a bobber. And that there's no other thought to it, right? You're just going to go dunk some worms and see what happens. But, like, almost there's there's like a specific lake we have here that I – it's like my – my major spot for bass like I I don't fish it a whole lot now but we've caught multiple like six seven eight pounders out of this lake and every single time I've gone there 99 percent of the people on that lake are just sitting there in a lawn chair with a bobber there's no other thinking about how to catch fish they're just out enjoying the afternoon or whatever but that's like the mentality but to hear you talk about the analytical side and starting to think through what you need to do, you know, to catch more fish. Like that's, that's to me, like, that's my flag for like, that's what somebody that really, really should be fishing. Like that's to me, what, what that is. Like, like you're, you're, that's what you want to do now. Like that's what you're focused on. And even you talk about the addiction and your girlfriend like that. I'll tell you something that Mark King told me at one of the muskie shows probably last year, or the year before my wife was like, man, he's spending a ton of money on these baits and Mark looked at her and he said, better for him to buy muskie lures than for him to be, you know, buying drugs. And, and, and he said Loan it like all serious. Yeah. So. Yeah.
5: No, yeah, it's absolutely. True, there's something to be, there's absolutely something to be said for that. I mean, uh, my wife, there were times where she would get pissed about how much I'm in the shop, you know, building bucktails and, you know, time, I, but it, you know, it, I could also be out at the bar. I could also Mm -hmm. be out do chasing tail, you know, look, you know, (laughs) doing all these other things. And you know, I'm not. I'm right in the basement. If she needs me, that you know that, yeah, she knows where to find me. You know what I mean? There's something to be said for that.
1: Yeah, that's like a huge deal in any type of fishing because people just don't think about that stuff. That's what makes you a really good fisherman, and probably why you can progress so quickly too. Yeah,
2: absolutely. So what came after bass then ryan you said you, you got and you became the bass master you're, you're eyeing up bass master classic what comes next how did musky come into this whole scenario? uh
0: well one i'm a master of nothing but um <laughs> jack was, of
2: all and master of none that's, yeah, that's the way
0: to do it um i would say jack all uh but <laughs> uh the musky side came with um you know like i was like reading like like in Fisherman magazine, and there would always be like the random muskie article. And I'm like, whoa, like these things look awesome. And like I I've, I've I've heard stories and knew they were around. Um, but I was actually doing a winter hike. I was still into like hiking and camping, and I was cutting through a state park that uh has a dammed lake on it. And uh the the hiking trail actually goes over it. And this was in January. And I'm passing by the dam, and there's all these guys just like in the pool in front of the dam fishing you know and there's like two inches of snow on the ground and I was like man I was like these guys I have no idea what they're fishing for but like this must be a good spot if you're coming out here in in this kind of weather and uh, I was like I'm going to come back you know in the spring or whatever and then uh, I was still doing my like more like south of Pittsburgh stuff east of Pittsburgh stuff and I was like I'm going to go up to that that lake and then I'm fishing around that lake and I was going back to my car, and I was like, "Oh, you know what? That there's that trail. I'm gonna go down that trail. I'll check out that that dam and that creek and see see if there's anything going on." And uh, so there's a bridge that um, I'm sure you all know, and I crossed over it, <laughs> and uh, there's just some guy down under it. He's fishing like a little like a troll, and uh, <laughs> I was like, "Hey, bud," I was like, I- "I'm." The- I'm I'm like this. I love bass fishing. Like, is there any bass in here? And
3: hey, Yins like, guys. Hey, yeah.
0: guys. How you doing down there? Uh, <laughs> and I was I was like, are there bass in, in here? And he was just like, if anything's in the lake, it's down here. And uh, he wasn't the you know the most welcoming guy. So I was like, <laughs> okay, cool. I was like,
4: ah, Typical maybe Typical guy come
2: back. fishing under a bridge. Right.
0: To, to be fair, yeah. <laughs> well, while I'm standing there um like 30 yards away there's this laydown, and i thought that a branch snapped off and hit the top of the water and like exploded um <laughs> and i was like whoa did you see that and the guy was like that's a musk <laughs> like and this is like a really small skinny shallow water to me not what you're seeing an in, in fishermen at the time right probably yeah. no and i'm like i was like no like you're out of your mind and he's like that's what i'm doing here <laughs> So Which is amazing
2: I, that he told you, too, because usually, a, you know, guy's going to not admit that he's fishing for muskie in a spot. Like, I know some of my spots, if someone asks me what I'm fishing for, I'm like, I'm catfishing. Right. There's
0: no muskie here.
4: Like, yeah, totally.
2: So that was cool of him.
4: Yeah, yeah, and
0: I haven't seen him up there a bunch. But I was like, oh, he said there's bass. I'm coming back. I'm going to go on bass fishing. And uh so, like, the next couple days, I just, I just kept driving up, and uh I'm just throwing around like, uh, you know, yum dingers and uh, doing pretty good. There's a lot of, there was a lot of bass there and they're all hugging the banks and they're all just tight to cover. And I was like, man, this is great. And there wasn't a lot of people up there uh, at the time and I was just really enjoying it, but I would just see the muskie going up and down the river and uh, I would throw just, I had no idea. And I'm just throwing these yum ding or wacky rig, uh, like in front of their faces and they're not even moving, you know, they just right by Just you know, stay the course holding, you know, holding onto their path. And, uh, I was like, well, I'm sure those are fun to catch, but I'm never going to catch. One. Um, and I'm I'm happy with the bass. And then, uh, I think it was about like at the end. I, so I just kept going up there throughout the summer is like one of my like rotating spots. And I went there in the evening, which I generally never do. I'm like a morning guy. And uh, I threw a yum dinger on a weighted wacky rig and uh, on 10 pound on a <laughs> medium light uh, Fenwick rod. Nice. And uh, all of a sudden it just took off. And uh, I was like, oh, my God. I, I, I mean, <laughs> that could only be one thing. Yeah. And, uh, and I was like, well, it's going to break you off. So just enjoy it while it lasts, and like it's <laughs> gonna be over at some point. And I set the drag like really loose, and you know I'm trying, I'm I'm trying, I'm reeling it in. And after about like two or three minutes, I'm like, oh my god, it's like getting closer to shore. <laughs>
2: this might happen. Yeah.
0: yeah, and I and I brought a net, a big net, just in case. Um, so all of a sudden I'm like, oh my god, and I'm like, I start shaking like uncontrollably and uh and i was able to just like scurry down the bank and my my feet are in the water and i got my net under it and i lost my mind um, <laughs> it, I, I can honestly say that like that moment changed my life yeah i've, I've never had like a uh I, I was calling it an adrenal event uh like <laughs> beyond a rush it, it was it really yeah. was um and it was something that i just didn't think was even going to happen and uh I, I mean, I remember I, I, I didn't handle this thing the best way, uh, but you know, might have gotten the grass with it a little bit. That, <laughs> That's I was what trying to on the first. Yeah, yeah, you know, vert-
2: around a little bit, especially banking bank so the first, it's gonna get messy. Vertical hold, yeah. trust me, dude. <laughs> trust me, dude.
1: They're used to it. There, <laughs> yeah. it's all good. Those fish are built for it.
0: Yeah, he ain't lying. Yeah, he didn't uh, he didn't seem to mind. He swam off. I, I it was a good release.
3: There you go. uh, so um, strong.
0: so I, I I I I mean it took about like 10 minutes. I, I remember just sitting on this log and I was like uncontrollably shaking. I was like even, you know, crying, but it was like not any it was just like emotions were coming out of me. Like mm-hmm. I wasn't like I like I just couldn't help uh, all this stuff. I'm trying to like text everyone and I'm like my phone's just fumbling out of my hands. <laughs> and uh and that, that, and that was it. I was like, there's no there's no bass in the world that's ever going to do that for me. Mm. Um, yep. And it, it, it's just been... That's how like,
5: it happens. Yeah, that's I was about like, right. That's yeah. about
4: right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was... It was. That was it, man. I was hooked. And uh, I've just been kind of chasing that high ever since, I guess.
2: Do you remember how many years ago this was, roughly?
0: This was in 2020. Okay. So, it was okay. in September. And then... Um,
2: I mean, All truthfully, right. a good time to pick up fishing during the I mean, I think you're you're not alone in that, picking up musky yeah. maybe.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was it was crazy. I mean, like that. I was like only working like four days a week for like six hours at this one like prep kitchen at this point, because um, my regular like bitter ends was closed. Um, and uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I I mean, I think I fished like 200 plus days that year. Wow.
2: Um, wow. You might have Donnie beat on his banner here.
0: <laughs> I, it was just one of those things. Where I was just like I just needed to get out of the house, and 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 I I and then when the musky thing happened, I was like, oh my god, I'm going on every single day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that was um, that was a big uh, a big moment, and uh, I didn't get much success until I, I think I caught a pike the same way bass fishing uh out of there which um I've never caught another pike or seen another pike since then. Um so mm-hmm. I I don't know the population density there. But <laughs> the uh and then all of a sudden and I was like oh that must have been a fluke. I'm never gonna catch a muskie again. But I was trying all these different things. I was like okay well like why because I would like get follows here and there. And I'm like well what, what am I do? you know and then and then the
2: back to the bluegill thing. What am I doing? What can I do better?
0: Yeah. And uh I was like, okay, well, all I see is bluegill in here. I didn't see any of the bait fish. So I'm like, and they're all sold like tight to cover. So I'm like trying to cast these creature baits like around logs. So it looked like the blue bluegills were like these are like hiding all day and then like they see a piece of food and then they they risk it. And I feel like that's when the muskies were hidden. Like mm-hmm. you know, it's like they show a little flash or make a mistake. They're just waiting for something in that, that area to make a mistake. Yep. Um and, uh, all of a sudden like, it, it kind of worked. It wasn't, it wasn't consistent, but I ended up catching like two more and had, had a couple on that way. Um, and I mean, this is like on like EWG hooks, you know what I mean? This is like, and I'm still on like my regular, mm-hmm. I wasn't on like the good, the good equipment yet. Um, and I think I was doing that when I ran into Ryan on the crick. and, uh, he, uh, I, I recognize his voice. Um, and I was, what's up, guys?
1: Oh, yeah, <laughs> get off my so virgins, guys. You were because hey. I, I yeah. remember I got to tell this story real quick. I had one of my buddies out, he's a real good friend of mine. He actually ended up moving to North Carolina. He, he messaged me the one day and was like, dude, I just found a YouTube channel I had no idea existed. So we started talking. He's like, I want to go catch my first muskie. So I took him to this spot that we're talking about. And Ryan, you were there that day because mm-hmm. <clears throat> you were standing like 50 yards from us, maybe not even 50. Yeah. And he caught his first muskie, like we were only there for like three, four hours. He caught his first musky. I remember talking to you at some point. I don't know if that's the same day I ran into you. Cause I know we've run into each other more than once.
0: That was the first time. Cause I, I walked past you and I was, and I, that's when I saw, I looked down and saw, uh, the amount of jerk base that you had. There. <laughs> and I was Just like massive oh. tackle piled on the about right.
2: that's Ryan.
0: I think I had, like, I had, like, one, like, Plano box in a giant eagle bag. And I was like, this guy knows what he's doing. And uh, <laughs> but then true. when I heard that, when I you know, I said hello. And asked, I was like, oh, I heard you guys catch, you know, like, congratulations. Like, I caught, one, you know, one the other day. And, like, I'm just, like, obsessed now. And you were like, yeah. And and then as soon as I turned around, I was like, oh, do you have a YouTube channel? And you were like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you kind of talked to me a little bit about using the jerk baits. And, uh, that was a, that was a very important conversation as well. Cause then I was like, all right, this guy knows what he's doing. Like, I'm going to go try jerk baiting for the first time. And, uh, that led to the, the most success I've had musky fishing That's awesome. to this day.
5: So really where did cool. you go from there? Like in terms of equipment, you know, when, when do you decide to turn like the, the switch goes off and you're like, all right screw all this other little shit i'm going out roll. and buying i'm upgrading
3: a from i'm upgrading from the ultralight uh ugly state <laughs> fenwick to, uh something something a little more uh some a, a little bit with a little more backbone
4: yeah
0: well um so the the woman i was dating at the time was actually from coastal north carolina oh um and her parents still live down there so we had like a free place to stay on the beach. And I was like, let's go visit your parents all the time. Um,
4: <laughs> like, wow,
0: it's so great that you love my parents. And I do <laughs> Uh But while I was down there, I was like, you know, obsessed with fishing. I'm like, I'm going to try to start doing saltwater stuff. And uh, so I would just go to the tackle shops there and just start talking to guys. I'm like, hey, what do I need to catch stuff here? Um, some of it was from the surf, but there's so like saltwater is such a big thing. Oh, and, yeah uh, like such a big subject and mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with tell me more what do you mean there's like mm-hmm. you're there's, opening a can of
2: worms and a saltwater tackle shop.
0: oh my god yeah it was like uh, it was like the same thing it was like my mind it was like a mind opening experience mm-hmm. and uh I was like all right so what do I need and the guy's like well he hooks me up with this stuff and it was like it was still spinning spinning reel but it was for catching like monster red drum <laughs> um, the stuff I mean, have you seen Joe Booker posting lately. Uh, That's what I wanted to get in the Carolinas. And I, they're like all spinning gear down there, but it's like, I've
5: I've always wondered why, why musky fishing is so is bait casters and big time saltwater fishing is all spinning, spinning reels. Uh, I don't know what the exact answer is to that.
4: So I know
0: like a lot, especially like surf casting and stuff like it's, you can, it's easier to cast with how like the Mm -hmm. line comes off and it's also um you get less backlash because you can't really tell when it's that far out like when the bait hits the water like you you're you know you're casting like 100 yards so it's Mm -hmm. like a lot of you get so many backlashes casting
2: that from the beach try casting a pen that has the line capacity with like the ryan saying like a surf rig on it it's just it's like it would never work it's such a Mm -hmm. big big bait casting reel you know
3: yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure on this, but I would also think, you know, uh, surf fishing, you're not doing as much casting as you are if you're going out casting for muskies. Like, a lot of that is, like, you, you fire crazy. it out. Cast it out, leave it out there. Kind of leave it sit, like, same bobber fishing, if you will, on the river almost. But It's it's like glorifying on steroids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what, you put
5: a sinker on, you put, like, a heavy sinker on, and cast it out into the surf
0: i mean there's there's many different ways mm. you know, and I'm, it's something that i fell in love with it um anything with fishing but um i love surf fishing and uh it, it it's very it's like a very similar to catfishing it's like these weighted but they're like these huge pyramid shaped mm. weights,
2: sand sinkers they, that dig in
0: yeah and they had, they they kind of stick in the sand and you know you uh the bottom rigs usually have two hooks
3: on it and you bait yep. it with with the, the little shrimp. orange beads and stuff. It's the beaky. Yeah. 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 Could you use squid and shrimp and mullet? Mostly
0: shrimp, uh, just because if I if I struck out, uh, I could eat the bait. Got some shrimps um, to go home with. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, so like I I bought this like inshore gear, which is like spinning gear. You know, it's like this pen battle two reel and like this heavy duty rod with a lot of backbone. And I'm like, the whole time the guys talked to me about like fight like. Catching drum on this, and I'm like, this would be good for these creek muskies. You know, it's like starting making this connection. I'm like, cause you know, like I'm listening at this time, I'm starting to listen to like Fat A Z and Backlash podcast, and they're like, Oh, you need a 10-foot rod, you know, like and like some of their like gear stuff. And I'm like, this this does not work what I'm doing.
2: It doesn't fit your application, yeah.
0: No, and that's I'm 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 trying to like listen to all this other stuff and just glean little bits that applied to me and it's like i would just listen to hours and hours of these podcasts and like (laughs) none of it applied but i'd always get one little nugget that helped out Mm -hmm. so a lot of it was just kind of sifting through all this but um i ended up bringing this inshore stuff home and i'm like i think this will be perfect and uh it really was like these like they these these spinning reels have like really high drags on them like 25 pound drags and like the the rods uh i got a ton of backbone but they they bend enough and you know uh so i started throwing the jerk baits on that and then that was like when it took off um and uh i i brought it back in december and i think i caught like eight or nine that december i was like okay i was like next year i'm gonna get 20 and then that was like the first you know 2021 was like my first full year like where i'm like i'm going to be a musky fisherman and uh it was just like the those jerk baits on those inshore rods was awesome. Um and I, I had a lot of what sense were
5: you using, them. raptors or something smaller than that? Uh
0: well on Ryan's recommendation, I did I was using like the kind of the bass stuff. The, no the husky jerks, huskies. yeah. No, no husky jerks. Oh um I I the uh the SDRs, SDR 11 Um uh, mm. that was that was like my favorite one. I liked I just liked the action more than the husky jerk and that's when i you know i started read about or hearing about how important like confidence you know like the husky jerks work for people for me i just liked the way the presentation was with these sdrs and uh i was like that's what i'm going to use and i just like really i loved it um i like that style of fishing y- you know for what i was doing it was perfect um so, but yeah, that, that was like a I could do this kind yeah. of moment. And uh, and then all downhill from there. Here we yeah. are
2: with a, a new addiction. and The Dunning-Kruger effect. <laughs>
4: yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there was a time where I think I went home. It was like January because I was the only one out there, you know, and I'm fishing January, February, and I'm like, I remember coming home and telling my my girlfriend, I'm like, I bet you i caught more muskie than anyone in western pennsylvania right now and uh it's like yeah i was i mean it was like it was like guaranteed like mm-hmm. like it was like the skunk was rare and like it was a lot of two fish days um
3: ready to start a guide service oh yeah
0: until until yeah. the weather warmed up and then it was just like it was like a rude awakening
1: Dude, that, isn't that isn't that crazy
0: yeah. how
1: that that bite in particular is just so good for like so many months and then it just freaking dies
0: oh my god it's crazy there, there's something i i like i i swear i felt like getting out of the car i like i was like getting there I'm like this isn't gonna work anymore there, there was just Seriously. something in here the, yeah.
5: the cows were standing up or laying yeah. down or whatever. <laughs> the, yeah.
4: whatever
3: i don't know so. why you even got out of the car then <laughs> <laughs> i had to try
2: I know I had some questions for you, Ryan. So you're starting out musky fishing, right? What do you remember some of like the most helpful things you heard? Like maybe areas you were going completely astray and you heard something that brought you back on track or like whatever it may be, like some of the best advice you think that helped.
0: Uh, A lot of it was when you guys started. Um, Those first couple episodes were very beneficial, not only just like the information, but also just like, getting that mindset back being like, no, this is doable." like, you know, don't give up. Like, cause like after that jerk date by stop, it was like really frustrating. Um, and I was, I was trying anything. Um, and I think it was something you said, Tom, one of the early episodes, cause I was like, I, I was like, as soon as something stops working for me, I'm like, I just need, I just need to spend a thousand dollars and <laughs> yeah. like, and get the best of everything. That's
2: it. Yeah. Get like, out the checkbook. i will fix it all.
0: Yeah, if like if I don't get this Sims jacket, like I'm not gonna catch <laughs> it my life. Um, but I was like, what do I need or what am I doing wrong? And like you said something you were like, uh you probably have something in your tackle box already yeah. that, that'll catch Muskie. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, you know, so what do I got? And, and like that was like a big like get back on track, try something new, see what you have and like what I was confident in. And I was using a lot of like uh like soft t- like paddle tail hmm. Um and that like I didn't catch a ton of fish, but I was getting tons of follows um, tons and tons all summer and, and even into like the fall. So like that, and that's when you, know, you start trying to like piece together. I'm like, I can't figure eight here. You know, like what do I have to do? Like it felt like the muskies were running out of room before they yep. can make that yeah, mistake. Um, so it's like, how do I keep something in the strike zone longer and like, I just saw all these different. it just it it refired my imagination and like and made me um just reinterested myself after kind of being frustrated for like the after all that success i had that winter it's mm-hmm. like going back to nothing like it was like a big ego check that's um, really cool so like yeah that those first musky uh musky hunks episodes mm-hmm. um and it was, I I remember having it on like the the la- or the computer at work and Becca came in and uh, she just looked <laughs> at the computer and it just said the hunks assemble and she was, what are you listening to I'm like listen <laughs> I was like these guys are like these guys are local boys like they like boom boom sauce in their breakfast sandwiches <laughs> just like the I they're gonna talk about Western PA stuff you know I was so excited um, so yeah thank you thank you for that uh, but thank also you, ben, you- Thank you
2: for all the encouragement. Of this.
0: Oh, sure. Absolutely. Um, a lot of it was just uh, anyone that like that had anything to do with fishing. I, I feel like there's so much that's like universal. Um, and I was I was trying at all. Uh, I even picked up uh, Tenkara fishing, which is like fly fishing without a reel. Mm-hmm. What the hell
2: is that? It's like a stick <laughs> with line on it.
0: Yeah, it's something they do in like the mountains of Japan. And they like collapse down in these little like. 13 inch packages but they'd stretch into like 13 foot rods
2: oh that's pretty and cool All you have is like the line like as long as the rod right like pretty much yeah
0: that's it and I would just put like a couple flies in. I have no idea how to fly fish and uh but I like I still hike a lot and I would be walking and see these streams with trout in it and uh I was like oh, this would be something I could just like throw in my pack and you know give it a whirl Mm-hmm. So, uh, there's someone down in North Carolina who, uh, kind of became a mentor to me. His name's Dave and he'd take me out on his boat and, uh, I'd tell him about Muskie and he, he was like, that's amazing, man. You yeah. know? And, uh, he was just like, he's one of my heroes. But when he found out that I was going after trout, he started telling me how I used to fly fish for trout, um, all the time when he was younger. And he just gave me like a stack of trout books and i was like man i'm not getting into this like fly fishing stuff but i'll read these and they, they like totally i actually wrote down a paragraph um if this came up because this like paragraph changed the way i felt as a beginner because like i always just feel like i don't know if what i'm doing is right and there's no one there to like mentor me or like show me and i even was texting tom the other day i was like i'm worried that like i picked up some bad habits and uh and he was like, well, you're seeing results. So like, how bad are they? And be? you
5: probably have. I mean, I think we all have. I mean, you probably have and that you'll work that out simply by by fishing with other other people. And you'll be like, wait a second. I'm, I see how Tom is doing this. Like, I've been yeah. doing it like this way. Like, that's really how you learn stuff. I mean, is, you know, now you can watch it on YouTube or you can go out with someone and learn from from someone and generally it's going out and fishing with someone that that really makes it hammer home like Mm -hmm. you watch someone catch a fish on a bait that you think you could like i've watched tom fish a glider i've never caught a glider fish but like you watch someone that has confidence working that bait and it's like wait okay i think i could do that but if i was just doing that and i'm just watching it on youtube i don't think i would have that same i guess connection to mm-hmm. think okay i can do it just like he's doing it like yeah. you know you're, you're on the same boat or on the shore or whatever you know so i think i think you'll 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 figure that stuff out
2: oh yeah and kind of the conversation we had i brought up an example so like i played baseball my whole life like growing up through high school and i was always like a power hitter like i was always known to hit dingers like i was hitting a home run a game guaranteed and then i got to high school travel chicks ball, and dig I had- the long ball yeah Well I got to high school and I had this travel coach who basically he told me he's like your swings all wrong like we got to change it and from that time where he tried to change my mechanics and change like my bad my quote bad habits dude I was strike I was going on streaks where I was striking out like 15 at bats in a row was so worried about my mechanics and stuff and I told Ryan I'm like if you're seeing success which I see he is he's catching a lot of fish this winter I'm like maybe you don't really have to change as much as you think you do like if it's where if your bad habits are working maybe you don't have to change them
1: depending how bad you know you wouldn't have struck out as much if you would have t- taken them crocs off
2: yeah it's hard to hit in crocs you, you know. can't play baseball in crocs you jag no when you put the off-road straps up and you, you get the first base do they make you crocs gotta stop after you hit...
1: yeah you get, you get a full lighted path down the baseline what? too mm-hmm. with your stupid little lights on them what did
5: nick what did nick just send us the other day uh hockey hockey crocs, hockey skate crocs.
2: ice skates
4: oh, yeah,
5: yeah.
2: <laughs> but yeah i thought that was cool though it's it's you, I mean some bad habits need changing. and you know if you're holding a rod wrong or something but maybe your bad habits aren't all as bad as you think they are if you're catching fish you know
0: yeah yeah and a lot of it was just like you know it's like there was so much time that like I wasn't catching fish for, from the bluegill and the bass and the muskie, you know and it's just like it, it, I was just like man I wish someone would just show me this stuff but I think it it's and I felt like it was like a weakness but I'm like no that you know can you turn that weakness into an advantage? And a lot of it is like, I'm not beholden to anyone. I, I figured out how to do something the way it works for me. And like, that's not, a, that's not a bad thing. It used to be like, when I was like bank yanking up at raccoon, like when I first started fishing, if I saw like a boat or a guy coming, I'd move. So he couldn't see me. Cause I was like, embarrassed. <laughs> I was like, you're going to see me over there just like flailing and like struggling with tying, time just Dangled like- up in a tree. Yeah. You know? And it's like, Hey, you know, but now I'm like pretty confident in myself. And it's like, a lot of that was just making yourself do it and figuring it out on your own. And, uh, and I'm kind of glad that I did. I also am like, I think that's why I've had, um, some success with muskie fishing and like, what you know, I think a lot of people are like surprised that I talked to that that happened so fast, but it's like, I've never, I didn't grow up fishing. So I never had like that hundred fish day, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, I was used to not catching shit. So it's <laughs> like, I'll sit out there all day and i love it. Um, that
2: makes for a great musky fisherman. Maybe that's why right there.
0: I, I, I Honestly, <laughs> I think that was a big part of it was like, I'm I'm okay with the skunk as long as I'm learning something while I'm out here. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm, I'm pretty patient on the water. So um, I think that's actually like one of those things where I thought it would be a weakness and actually ended up being like something I've leaned
3: into. Oh, yeah. Donnie, God no i i, I just want to chime in that i definitely agree with that and i think again i'm going to draw that same parallel to to hunting that we've talked about in the past and it's like it's kind of the same thing with me because i'd done so much hunting and and you know you spend a season in the woods for maybe one shot maybe two so i was used to being out all day without having necessarily a lot of success uh if you measure success in in actually killing something or, or catching something, if you will. So you have to learn to just enjoy it, you know, and I think that's mm-hmm. and basically what Ryan's talking about too, is, you know, it, it was just that enjoyment of being out there. So he, he didn't care as much. It wasn't necessarily about the catch. So it's, it's easier to, to get your ass beat by a muskie. If you haven't gone out like Tom and, and had those, big banger trout days and stuff where you're used to <laughs> slaying fish all day long and then you go musky fishing and you don't catch anything. Like I, I do think that can be harder. That's
2: why you go trout fishing though. Cause when the musky have you down, you go trout <laughs> and they, they let you know that you're not as bad of a fisherman as you thought you were. They kind of give you that confidence to make it through the next day. Musky fisherman
5: fishing, you know,
3: or That's you it. could just be a real man like Ryan and, and just muscle through it. Without
5: That's right. Just, just keep musky fishing. That's it. Yep. <laughs>
1: Well, that's the so, best advice right there <laughs>
2: yeah so you talked about the good advice you got Ryan can you remember any terrible areas of failure like do you remember anything that went horribly
0: wrong looking back in
2: the first days starting out
0: um but not mostly like you like me like user error I think one of it was like just you know was the gear for a little while yeah. um the handling you know i i didn't I had no idea how delicate these things were yeah and uh I think there's definitely one that I was responsible for a fatality um, mm-hmm. because I was wearing like woolly gloves. Like, <laughs> I like it got caught on their gill. Yeah. Um, and uh, that was like the worst day of my life. Like I was so upset. It's
2: awesome
4: uh,
0: though. Totally. Totally. Yeah. You know, you know. Um, But n- I don't know. None of it was like, I think the. There was a problem with my with my initial success in that it made me um, limited and feel like it was hard to stop, recognize that what I was doing wasn't working anymore and to, to try something else. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that I get that a lot, even with like staying on one spot for too long. Um, and I'm like, when, when do you listen to yourself and say, hey, it's time to move on or it's time to try something new? Um, I definitely think I fished a lot of dead water and wasted a lot of time. Um, just because I was like, but this worked before mm-hmm. and it's like that fishing the- memories. Yeah. Um, so just kind of like, and, uh, a lot of it too was like, not one of the things that I like looking back was like not recording my catches enough earlier, not just like the taking pictures, but like, um, I started keeping a notebook. And that, like, was a huge game changer for mm-hmm. me. Um, a lot of just, like, times and areas and all of that other stuff. Like, when I was, like, really just scooting around, I was having some success, but it was, like, I was, like, I don't know where I was on this date. Mm-hmm. And now I can look back, and I'm, like, okay. And I go there. Mm-hmm. It's, like clockwork sometimes
2: so. sounds easy to remember until you go through a couple fish and then you're like wait what did I catch that one on and when was that in the summer was that the fall or then everything gets mismatched and you hear oh, that yeah. from remember I mean we talked to people like Joe Joe Booker you know Bensta, all these guys they're all doing the same thing these guys that you could argue are professional fishermen they all keep a lot of them keep logbooks too That's yeah, a good
0: habit. yeah I'm, glad, I'm glad that I do it um because like my my first year in musky fishing I had this phone that I kept all the uh musky pictures on and it ended up falling in the ocean <laughs> so like what like what i had posted on instagram was like <laughs> kind of the only record of that the lost archives yeah yeah just
2: i kind of wanted to talk about longer. that too I-, I gave you the hint ryan because he- ryan asked me he was a little worried the other day he was like i don't have many pictures holding a musky for the flyer you know and i'm thinking about that i'm like that's kind of cool so a lot of musky guys listening right now just like paused it or like scratch their head. A musky guy without a musky grip
5: and grin picture.
2: <laughs> yes, it's real. It exists. We have one. He's
5: a real person.
2: Yeah, it's, I it's not easy.
5: That. It's not easy to get a picture of yourself with a musky by yourself. It isn't. But at the you same have to time. plan ahead. You have to. You actually have to have to be prepared. You have to have the tripod. You have to have all these things set up yeah. in advance, or be but, willing to let the fish sit in the bag while yeah. you go around and set this stuff up. Here's so, a, here's correct me though. if I'm
2: wrong here, Ryan. Though, but it sounds like you're more of the philosophy. Like, as long as you have the net picture, you know when you caught it. Like, that's what you want. You don't you really care so much about the hero shot or the.
0: I I mean I I'd I like it, um, course, but it, yeah. it's it's not anything that's ever like motivated me. You know, like I just like encountering these things. I mean, it's just like the closest thing to like true wildness Mm -hmm. that I've ever held in my hands. Um, So, I I, you know, I kind of eyeball the measurement, guess the weight and and get them on their way. I I, I do practice like holding them because I'm hoping one day to catch some bigger ones. Uh, So I'm like, all right, I'll practice on these. So I always pick them up for a second and then that and that's about it. I just, I thought that was okay. the
2: coolest shit ever when you told me that. Cause you see all these beginner musky guys and I mean, not all of them, but some of them, you know, when that grip and grin of their first musky, that musky was out of the water for like 12 minutes. It hit the boat floor a few times. It bounced <laughs> off the rod locker. <laughs> like it's so important for these beginner guys that, you know, they're like, I need this picture. And Ryan, I think that's such a cool mentality. Like as long as I know when I caught it, like that's good.
1: Like, I think know? the other thing too, is like the product of the environment, because, you know, some of the areas that you're fishing, it's not always conducive. Like you Mm -hmm. talked about the 10 foot rod earlier. Like there's no way that flies in in the areas that we fish. Right. So the one thing that's helped me, like, if you really want to get a picture, like the one thing that I've told people to do, that's, that's helped me is like, take your phone. Like if you have a backpack with you, I'm assuming you have a backpack with you. Yeah. Put your phone on top of the backpack and start the video just start capturing video while you're working on the fish and essentially yeah like do that first you got the fish in the bag start the video flip the angle around and then that way what you can do is you can get the fish out of the bag put it in front of your phone you can see yourself on the phone you can kind of angle it do a little measurement with your eyes and do just hold it for a couple seconds and then snip it
2: It might not be a nat geo worthy photo in the end but in the (laughs) end you're going to have your grip and grin and the muskie's going to be happy
3: I'm it works my, so. a few photos like that, even on the boat. If yeah. I'm by yeah. myself, that's usually, I mean, if it's a smaller fish or whatever, sometimes I don't bother with it. But if it's a fish I want to try and get a picture of, that's what I did. I set it up somewhere. I have a couple spots on my boat, depending on where the sun is. I just put the phone up, put it on video. I lift it out of the neck, get my little quick pose right in the other side and then take a screenshot of the video.
5: See I've always tried to do like the timer on the on the camera and that's oh, such that's... a pain in yeah, ass. Through
3: the ass. The first one I ever tried to do, I tried to do a timer and it turned out terribly. That was the first fish I ever caught by myself on the boat. And I I got like half the fish in the picture and it was I was so mad because it was actually a nice fish and uh, I I I knew there had to be a better way and uh uh well, so actually, i forget who actually told me to do the video thing i didn't figure it out on my I'm Not gonna lie, i have I'm a little trick idea, but.
5: i have a trick and
2: i don't do the video i do the timer but i think i've sent you guys i, I haven't sent you right new ryan but our guys i've sent them the pictures new like ryan. Bank f- yeah bank <laughs> is this, fishing, the bank am the,
3: the, the new hunk
1: new ryan new ryan yeah, new ryan, yeah. yeah. New Ryan and Old Ryan. Uh, we're talking. We're already talking honorary hunk status here. This is, this is more like
0: Deputy Hunk Junior.
3: I wasn't oh. sure if that was honorary or replacement. The way Nate, he dubbed the new <laughs> new, Ryan. Ryan. new Ryan's, Ryan's gone. Yeah. gone. Yeah. Old Ryan's gone. You can no.
1: you can have it if you really want it. No nah, man. I'll send you the invoice for the for for Podbean and everything else that comes with it. <laughs>
2: But what I'm saying I'm bank fishing, so this doesn't always work in the boat, but if you're bank fishing and like, you know, you're going to be in a spot, I've sent these guys pictures before, like my first step when I get to my spot, I'll like set my phone where I want it to be. And then I set like a rock or like, I'll make like an X on the ground with (laughs) sticks. And I find like that mark where I have to be in frame. So, you know, I'm not messing around with half the fish in the frame, half out. And I send these guys pictures. I'll actually, I'll make a mark. I'll set my timer up and I'll take a picture holding my bump board. Or just air, or just air, just holding air,
5: just holding air guitar. In my hands approximately you know what, how far? The, I would Tom, Tom's through. phone phone library is full of him in the air you guitar. You don't
3: want to spend. Yeah, if you don't want to spend the first half hour of your fishing trip taking glamour shots of yourself holding nothing, <laughs> nothing. Yeah. you can just do the video. Yeah. <laughs> it's great though because we can Photoshop anything in hands into yep. his oh. hands. Beautiful.
1: But that option is there if
2: you, if you if you don't want to do the video. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so I, I get. So do you guys take off your shirts when the beforehand or when it's in the
2: back? Usually when I get to the spot. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. Shirtless. My goal
3: is to always be fishing without my shirt. Yeah. Sometimes weather doesn't allow here in Pittsburgh. Oh
0: man, yeah. No, that Slovak skin just crisped up pretty good though
3: for me. So even in
2: January. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
5: Oh boy, <laughs> that's good. So what's what's the plan for for you in terms of you've gotten the the creek fishing like that's what you've been doing for the most part. You know what what are your plans? Do you want to try to expand and say, okay, I want to try to take what I've learned in this area and see if I can make it work in another arena?
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that's uh, you know something that I have so many questions for you guys about that. Um, because that's, you know, it's intimidating. Um, that next, next step. It's like, I feel like with the creeks and even, even some smaller rivers, like I I've done well, but it's like looking at some of this bigger water and like, how do you break that down? And and how do you even get out on there? Um, I ended up buying a, a kayak off of a, a musky fisher.
4: Nice.
0: Oh, cool. uh, I've been and, uh, I have yet to take it out for muskie. I, I've tried getting it out on on a couple of the the creeks uh, up north, and uh, that's kind of my project for next year. But well, we've mus-
5: talked we've talked about having Brady on uh, on the podcast, and he's like a a major a, you know kayak guy with muskies.
1: I was giving him so much crap too, trying to get him on recently, like last because I I've, I've been talking to him off and on the last couple of days. I can't get him to budge, but he knows I'm working on. It. And I'll slowly break him down. He doesn't want to come on. He's just, dude. He's just. uh It's not that he doesn't want to come on. I just he's think he's, he's he's just laying low. You know, he doesn't. I don't know that that's
3: necessarily his thing to be. I don't know. We we're working on him, but I. I think I could. I think I can give him the nudge he needs. Well, I'm just saying nudge. I
5: think I think the kayak kayak is a, a good thing that we need to cover, I think, because mm-hmm. like what we're talking about here is kind of like the crossroads that every muskie fisherman comes to, mm-hmm. which is okay, I can catch him from the bank. Here are all these guys all over the musky world, almost exclusively fishing lakes and, you know, big water that, you know, all these musky musky videos, everything's on these big bodies of water, which you can really only tackle with a boat. Okay. But uh, we've had this conversation a number of times. That's just not so easy. Like just to go out and buy a boat, but the Mm -hmm. kayak I think is a real happy medium, so to speak to say, Okay. Especially on smaller bodies of water here in Northwestern PA, you know, there's a lot of bodies of water that you can fish the entire lake with a kayak. You know, I wouldn't go doing that on Pimey or, or, you know, some of the larger bodies of water, but, but Canada, you can fish every square inch of that with a kayak. You can Mm -hmm. fish every square inch of Edinburgh, you know, all these other, you know, small kettle lakes that, you know, uh, and that will open up, fishing weed lines and fishing drop offs. you're still
2: seeing the same things you're just seeing them cheaper than from a $50,000 boat you know you're seeing the same structure and
1: I want to say this too I'm going to get all kinds of crap for this one but you know there's a really solid bowfin spot in western Pennsylvania that would be absolutely killer with a kayak and I think that would be a really cool float to do for sure I think I might know where you're talking I'll pretty, talk about that one. Off good the we'll, we'll we'll talk about that one later. But that yeah. that might be a good that might be a fun little day for you.
0: I might have actually even been out there already. I think I might know what you're talking about. Yeah, um, yeah. but yeah, it's it, the kayak was one of those things where I uh, I am limited by living in the city. Um, like I don't have a place for a boat, and uh, it just seemed like a kind of a convenient thing to have and uh i mean this thing's like 13 foot and uh you know it's got a motor it's got a fish finder and everything so i mean oh, it's, wow. like, it's like a little bass boat um so wow. I, I am excited to kind of get it out a little more next year um but yeah it's still like, like you said that, that crossroads and that's where i feel i'm at and i'm having a hard time just taking it to the next level because like I, I as much as i love the small water stuff and, and the bank yanking um it's 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 intimidating not knowing what i'm doing uh on the bigger water and uh you know and then that's not even to mention like the whole trolling aspect um
2: that's an exciting thing though because you seem like those one of the i mean we know it you're one of the minds that likes to kind of venture into new territory you know then this is kind of like a starting this is like walking into that saltwater tackle shop all over again you know when you're going to the big water like, granted, yeah. you, you can take things you learned on the creek and apply kind of, them but you're starting water, over.
4: But you in a, in a,
2: in a certain you degree are starting over. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: It's more so, right. of this like, I'm like, am I gonna am I gonna commit to that? Like, maybe even year of just going back to like, just not catching anything and like, uh, just having those learning days out there and and having to just be like, I hey, don't expect success. Just you know, try to figure it out starting from square one. The
2: fun up. part about that is when it does work, you end up back on that log with all those emotions dumping back out cuz you're like I just figured really? this out too, you know. Dude, I'm yeah. going to
1: tell you I'll tell you this. I'm I'm there for 2023. I'm fully resetting because buying a boat is going to force me, you know, to learn things that I haven't learned yet, mm-hmm. you know, like things that I've learned with Donnie, I'll be able to apply, but that's a you know, that's only a portion of what it is. So I think the answer is yes. Like at some point you've got to, you know, take that step, whether it's the kayak or whatever, whatever's next. And just, you know, almost like uh, you wipe the slate clean Mm -hmm. and you just, you just continue to learn and get better. And you take the time to do it because, you know, realistically, like you love to be fishing. You love, you love to go fishing for the love of fishing. Right, You're not out there for social media likes. You're not out there. Promoting time to, machine to, at the creek, you no. Yeah, to <laughs> pump your chest. You're not out, you're out there for you in doing what you love to do and getting that time on the water. Mm-hmm. And it's not always about catching a fish because at some point you're going to spend that time, whether it's 12 months, whether it's eight months, whether it's 16 months, and you're going to get better and you're going to start putting more fish in the bag. And then, unfortunately, you're going to be st- Stuck looking for the next reset on what you're, you know, what you're gonna do, but it's all part of it. I mean, it's, I absolutely, dude, yes, you, you do. I think you need to force yourself to get to that next level because it's only gonna make you a better fisherman. Mm -hmm. You know, regardless of how many catch you fish next year or the year after, and it's worth it
2: too. It's totally because I remember like starting out. I got lucky. Like my first few muskie were like big bigger musky, and then like i was so proud of these fish and like you said eventually i'm like this bank yank and it's kind of getting old i want to get out there and i still remember the first like big water musky i caught on my own was maybe like 23 inches and i still was screaming and who you would have thought i just caught like a 55 incher but it was like the first one i caught out there in like the wilderness on my own in my boat and it was equally as special as any 48 49 inch musky. Like, hmm. i remember
1: sending tom a picture and he was like are all those muskies always that small where you're fishing? <laughs> like, what the heck, dude? I just caught three fish today. They're all like 30 to 36 inches.
5: And that's... Donnie, Donnie's had his hand up for a while here. Yeah.
3: He's, he's yeah, got I something know, to add. I, I, what, what you need to do is, you know, kind of try to hone in on where you want to go with it next because that's, that's a big part of this. And what you want to do... And what really are your goals? Like Ryan said, he's not you're not necessarily fishing for a picture.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: You're not you're not trying to uh, be the next Instagram influencer, from what I can see. You're you're doing it for yourself. So is your goal, you know, to catch a bunch of muskies in the future, or is your goal to catch a big muskie in the future? Because where you go from here you know, those types of goals are what you got to kind of, you know, you can start to, you know, move yourself in that direction because they're not all necessarily the same thing, the types of bodies, water that you want to fish, the types of baits that you want to be using, you know, these are decisions that you have to kind of, you know, start to, start to make on where you, where you want to go next.
5: And I think, you know, just from listening to Ryan and what his experience has been so far with, you know, catching fish from the bank, You know, you got to kind of like Ryan, our Ryan has said, you know, uh, reset, old Ryan, hit reset and just say, look, you know, those were bank. Those fish gave me an opportunity to contact fish. I got to see a lot of fish. You're not going to see as many fish from a boat as you are, at least from a kayak, as you are bank fishing. At least I wouldn't think so, Um, because bank fishing, you're fishing in concentrated areas where on the boat, you're part of the whole thing of having a boat is trying to locate these stupid things you know, and and, yeah. And that's really what, what you're doing is you're giving yourself an opportunity to try to find them in, in other places. You know, my boat isn't big enough to go and try to find go to try to musky fish on Georgia, Georgian Bay. You know, it just would never happen. I'm, I'm not equipped for that. Just like right now, a, a kayak doesn't equip you to go fish the middle of Lake Chautauqua or Pima tuning, but it definitely gives you the opportunity to go fish smaller bodies of water. 100%, you know? So I think you just kind of got to hit a reset and say, listen, I'm going to, I'm going to take what I've learned and I'm going to see if I can adapt and, you know, f- find, find where these fish are. Cause first is finding them. Second is catching them.
1: I also think, what you've learned on the creeks and what you've been doing, like the jerk bait stuff, whatever, whatever else, even take the bass stuff. Like you were talking about or the soft plastics and things yep. like that. I'm telling you right now, there are applications for that on bigger lakes. Oh yeah. And I've seen guys. these are muskies. I've seen guys. I've done it personally. Tom was there with me. I caught a fish on a husky jerk at a big lake from shore. Mm-hmm. You can do that same stuff on a kayak. You just got to put your time in and you've got to understand those windows too. Like, like you were talking about that, that bite dying. Like you might get another couple of weeks on a different body of water, depending upon where it's at, but you're going to have, still have to adjust your gear and your approach and what you're throwing to kind of meet that time of year. But that's not to say you're, you, you're not going to catch a musky on a husky jerk in, you know, April, May, June, July, mm-hmm. August, September, because at some point it could
3: happen. And it, it will happen if you, if you stick to it. I mean, I could say this, like, you know, where you're fishing, without without just giving everything away, where you're fishing, small creek, right, below a dam. There's, you know, the places that you're finding muskies in that place are going to be the same thing on, say, one of our very, very large three rivers. <laughs> Mm-hmm. The only difference is it's a yep. lot more water to comb through and, you know, it might be a lot of more
2: swings before you get a hit.
3: The density of the fish is substantially less, you know, you're not essentially fishing for fish in a barrel. Like maybe you are in some of these other places, but you, there's still going to be, you know, these fish are still going to push up in the cover against the mm-hmm. banks and, in, and, in, be on points and on structure you know it, it it's it doesn't change
2: and i like it's, what you it's... said earlier too ryan about like you're, you're spotting cover and you're, you're spot, seeing these bluegill come right. out and get vulnerable and then the musky attacks them you know and we listen to i listen to a lot of joe Booker stuff and like that's one thing he preaches is like look up from your fish finder like, if you see something with your eyes that looks fishy, just like you're doing in that creek, there's a good chance it's probably fishy. You don't need your, you know, your fancy boat and your fancy fish finder to tell you there's a fish there.
1: Dude, like how many times? Got,
2: like, you see a log that looks fishy,
1: it's probably fishy. How many times have you guys seen bait break in the water and cast it into that and caught a muskie? Oh, yeah. Or around I've, it. I watched, I've watched Tom do it. You know, like, it, it, it happens. Like, you pay attention to that stuff. And... You you put yourself in a higher percentage. Like you go back to we did a video. It was like me, Tom, and Donnie a couple of years ago, and we pulled into a bay, and that bay was freaking loaded with you mean bait with life. Oh yeah, like unbelievable amounts of bait, and we ended up catching a fish out of there. You know, like it. You just got to pay attention to that mm-hmm. stuff. But it's no different. You're you're on the creek. Like I've had days in that same area, that same laydown that you talked about. I've caught fish off of there. And I wouldn't have gone over there if I wouldn't have seen bait, you know, cracking the water. So it's the same. Donnie's like spot on with that, at least from my perspective, like, dude, it's a lot of it translates to other bodies of water. Go
3: right. I mean, you walk right off the banks of of the Creek that you're fishing. You can walk right onto the bank of the river and do the same thing. I would say if it were me, I would put the Husky jerk away and put on something substantially bigger, but that's just the way I roll. But uh, I mean, it, I'm not saying you couldn't catch one on a husky jerk because if if a muskie in a creek will eat a, a husky jerk, so will a muskie in a river, and so will a musky in a lake on any given day. I I I really don't think you necessarily have to change the game up all that much. Do what you're comfortable with, uh. But I do think it's it's just kind of finding finding places that you know you feel good about to start fishing to start building that confidence. Oh, yeah. You know, that's you need that's, a big guys. That's where it's hard. Better.
1: You need to <laughs> just talk to Owen, buy, like, 15 bucktails, and you're solid. You're all awesome. set. Yeah, exactly.
3: Spoken um, like a true pro staffer.
0: you do Venmo? I do. I take <laughs> so all forms right, of Venmo.
1: Right
0: bait. now. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny.
1: I've been such a sucky bro staffer for the last, like, 16 months. <laughs> I throw yeah, a have you it. even caught a muskie yeah. on one of Owen's baits yet? I I haven't. I haven't even cast it. I've been trolling my entire. I don't
5: know yet. Well, you guys need to. You guys need to troll some of the spinner baits. If you're running six baits, uh, this this year, I would like it if some of you guys would throw a a spinner bait or two into the spread because I'm telling you, they're going to catch fish. They are going to catch fish, and they're going to catch fish. They, you know, just going by the fish they catch up in Canada, like they're going to catch fish. And I I just,
1: I will promise you, Owen. My first trip out and all through short line season, I will run a big O spinner bait on one of my on one of my rods.
5: I, I appreciate that. I mean, because I, I really do. And I'd like to see how it compares when it's running a, with other bait, you know, hard crank baits and things like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I would I definitely would like to get some feedback.
2: You're overwhelming, Ryan, with new new information. And he, we're Hi, not here. there yet. Inspiring me. Yeah. I'm excited. I, I, I got
1: my notepad
0: <laughs> right here. I'm, I'm right on it.
1: In all honesty, like all the bro staff stuff aside, like a spinnerbait's really not a bad option. If, <laughs> no, yeah, it's I'm like it's, he
3: was on a spinnerbait. I, I, I did get one on
0: a uh, uh one of the Muskie Mayhem baby girls.
3: Yeah.
0: Um I, I, I ended up splurging on like a Tranx three hundred and uh, nice. one of those uh Shimano Compri rod, like the eight footer um, popular.
5: Pots collapsible like the uh telescoping
0: no no the eight foot ones are just just one piece you know, pull, pull cues and oh. uh, uh no that, that, i ended up catching a few on there and uh yeah i i did i did enjoy it but it's you know i don't know if that's like a universal rod that i'm going to take everywhere but for what i was doing I, I i was able to catch some of those summer muskies um on the smaller bucktails
5: well uh, i would tell you that if you're you know if you had that setup right there is a good smaller setup. Like you, you probably are with the kayak. You're probably going to want to maybe get a bigger setup, but if you have that smaller setup and you get um, a bigger setup for some of the bigger baits, I mean, you can definitely do it with the smaller setup, but the three, the Tranks 300 is going to be tough to, to pull bucktails. Um, You can do pretty much everything else with it. I mean, there's, it's got plenty of power. It's got plenty of, of drag. When you step into the actual
2: musky lures, like the, like the full size, then you're going to, then you probably step up in real size too, maybe, but yeah, that's a bridge you cross when you get there. I think. Well, you'll know books, when you're ready. It's coming out in March
0: at musky max.
2: <laughs> there you go. I oh, might yeah, have man. you guys
0: go over my, my shopping cart. Oh
5: boy. Uh, well, should, uh, you know,
0: you say before any Western PA people get on me, oh,
5: musky max. Um, Crash's landing always does a real I think does does twenty percent off, if I'm not mistaken. They're reels and you don't get twenty percent off reels anywhere, you know, those sh- those tranks. Like yeah. it's really the only time to get it at, at any type of discount. So and you know, the twenty percent on a four hundred dollar reel, that's not that's Jeez. not in that's not insignificant.
2: Oh, I'll take it. Yeah. Ryan, I know you said you had some questions for us too. I mean, did you wanna um, have, or...
0: Yeah, some of it, um, well, one was, like, I do, like, uh, feel like I'm drawn towards moving water, mm-hmm. um, and I feel like a lot of the musty stuff that I find online or, or reading is, like, always, like, lake-oriented, mm-hmm. and like they don't touch so much on, like, the bigger rivers, because, you know, like, I I live in the south side, like, I'm, I'm not far from, like, the Mon launch, and I'm, like, I could be hitting, I know, like, yeah, you, know, you could go down there and cast. Luke and Nick. Luke and Nick go out there, mm-hmm. um, so I'm like, I I I'd take the kayak out and just see if I can do something on there. But I just feel like there's like not a ton of like river, like big river information out there. Um, and I don't know if you guys knew any more outlets for that. I mean, it's like a lot of most of the YouTube videos that I watch, it's like the the West Virginia
5: and the Virginia guys. Yeah, You're like, and I'm like that. Well, looks I think that's stuff. good stuff to watch. I think that stuff is helpful.
3: Yeah, that's I mean really that's smaller
5: stuff. that's smaller water in terms of. You know, you can see the moving water a little bit better than you can in the big rivers. <laughs> yeah. um a little different than the Mon. Talk right, yeah, yeah. a little bit different. But Donnie's a river guy, man. Donnie, Donnie probably has more experience in moving water than than a lot of guys that, that that musky that we know of that musky fish. So he's the guy to to really ask about that. I know okay. if you're talking river content,
2: rat. Ryan. If you're talking content, Keys Outdoors, he used to put out a lot of videos where he would go on like the camping runs He'd take like a boat, put it in a river, go for like three days, you know, fish his way down a river. Those are some cool videos to watch for like the skinny water stuff.
0: You guys need to get him on. Yeah, that would be awesome. (laughs) He's a busy man.
2: Keys, if you're listening,
3: we would love to have Mike Keys on. I I doubt he's listening, but that would be awesome. I I might have to get a towel on that. (laughs) Uh-huh. <laughs> that was when I first got into it. That was like the only YouTube musky guy that I knew of. Well, that was television Dave in musky, Minnesota. Yeah, that was him. So I watched. He's yeah. non-stop. That was that was it. All he the does time. A lot of good skinny water. So... Over and over and over again. Same episodes.
4: He's <laughs> like, a real yeah,
3: he... fisherman too. He's no, like legit as... real. Sorry, Donnie. Yeah. No, I mean as far as rivers go, like and I, you know, I kind of already alluded to it and, you know, I'm not gonna get too crazy on here and first of all, I'm not gonna say I'm the authority because I am nothing like a Luke Colangelo or, or Luke Colangelo Luke Woolley yeah, uh, like, out <laughs> Luke of Luke Colangelo you know, Luke The, the yeah. Wonder Twins uh, <laughs> But, you know, those those guys are you know, those guys are legit you know, I, I'd like to think of I know a thing or two about the rivers because that's where I spend the majority of my time, but I'm, I'm certainly no professional, but what, I, what I have learned is that, you know, the biggest thing is, is kind of really breaking it down. Like, yeah, it's big. It can be intimidating, but, you know, pick a section, uh, whether it be, you know, the section closest to where the boat ramp is and look, a mile up river and down river either way and just get on your get on your phone get on google maps you know today's world it's easier and just look for what looks like fishy spots and then go out and hit them and maybe something will happen maybe it won't you know but anything like that that's that's kind of where you have to start so I mean, I, I could I'll give you a little more information, maybe when we get off of here, on what places where you could start. Do uh, you take? And that I'm on? not going to just sit and say online or on yeah. on uh, the podcast, I guess. But uh, you know, it's 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 not it's not that much different than your creek. Like I already said, it's just it's just bigger, so it's more intimidating, but. So I'll I'll,
5: I'll go ahead and say this, that I drive over the south side bridge, you know, the, the Mon, I drive over that bridge all the time, either the 10th street bridge or the Birmingham bridge or the hot metal bridge. And, you know, no matter what bridge I drive across, I always like to look over and be like, wow, I wonder where the muskies are down there, (laughs) you know? Uh, And if you're living on the south side, you could take your kayak right out and launch it right there and be able to fish those bridge embankments i've always wanted to fish those things i've always thought like if you want to talk about moving water there's current here are these gigantic freaking cement pillars which a create create you know current and b retain heat so like right out there and the, there are how many in in the city of Pittsburgh is the city of bridges. There's oh. how many bridge embankments that you oh, could possibly fish. Really meant to be fish. a cat fisherman and fisherman not know it. But I mean, why? But why don't? <laughs> why would? Why it. is it cat only cat fishermen in the
2: sense of I feel like the you current know, break? That, because there's, I'll tell you right now, those big bridge abutments. What you don't see under the water is that those cause a mess underneath. Oh, I'm oh, I'm the water sure water they're an absolute disaster. There, and that yeah. is a catfish's paradise. That is like. Yep.
5: You could just spend a whole night in Pittsburgh hopping around.
4: Not just catfish. Places. Yeah, but if you oh, stayed, yeah, yeah.
5: that's what I mean. If you stayed kind of off of them a little bit, you know, if you were I don't think you want a musky fish right up against the bridge embankment, but, you know, if you stayed away from that more, maybe, you know, I don't know. I mean, I just think it would, it would be a very interesting mm-hmm. thing to check out.
1: There was a lot of
3: interesting facial
1: expressions to, going on. on yeah.
5: this one. the main
3: thing I say, I, you know, again, and I'm not calling myself a professional. I'm only speaking in my own experiences. So if anybody wants to make a comment and say that I'm an idiot or come on and and school me on this, I'm I'm be happy to learn. Uh, but the biggest thing that I've learned, in my opinion, as far as river fishing goes, is that, and then really in any fishing, but especially in the rivers, is current dictates everything. Absolutely everything is where these fish are, what they're doing, where they're positioned, all the above. It's, it's all, it all comes back to the current. So, you know, being, paying attention to the flow, watching flow charts. uh, These are the things that you're going to want to start keeping in your notes uh, when you start going fishing and, and that kind of stuff. And, you know, you can look at that. They have charts online, uh, the Army Corps engineers, it shows the flow and, and the the height of the water and all of that stuff, and that's all stuff you want to pay attention to. Make yourself because...
2: a bracket, what's high, what's low, mm-hmm. what's what's the money zone, you know? What are those good numbers on a gauge that you like, you know?
1: Yeah, that's, dude, that is critical. Even a lot of, like, the lakes we have with the outflows and stuff, they have those graphs. Like, mm-hmm. you figure that out, dude, that can change.
2: The home screen on my iPhone's a mess. They actually make an app now. It's it's called River Data. You know, I think it's like a dollar in the App Store or something. It's something stupid cheap and you can add all your favorite as long as it, it has a gauge, as if it has a gauge to the US Army Corps or like the department or whatever, it'll be on that River Data app and you can add them all to a sheet and just go through click, you know. It makes it easier than typing in like what's the water level for X Creek, you know. Wow, that's awesome. It's a good tool. That's well worth a dollar or whatever it is in the app store. It's called River
3: Data. I grew up fishing the river. So this is where it's like the truth is like a river to me, even as big as river, like you know, like I went to the St. Lawrence this year. About as big a river as rivers they come, it doesn't intimidate me. Like the truth is, I'm I was more intimidated getting on uh, tuning Lake. And when I look at like a lake, I feel like it's just a a big pool and these fish can be anywhere. Like, you know, what, what's going to draw these fish to certain spots? Now I know as you start to learn a lake, you see where, where these things are, but in a river, I feel like it's a lot easier to see because a lot of, of the structure that these fish are typically going to, you know, uh, position themselves on or sometimes, you know, right up against the banks and, and stuff like that. Whereas, You know on a lake it can be anywhere uh so when you really start looking at it you know and breaking it down again break it down into sections first and then you know just start looking for what looks fishy and and go out and fish it and more than likely if it looks fishy and you're there on a fishy day you're probably gonna see a fish Mm -hmm. a good chance that you'll at least see one and that's all you need to start start building that that confidence and i mean it You know, it's, it's just, again, going out and doing it.
1: You know, what's crazy to me. Like you talk, Tony, you were talking about breaking the lake down, like making the lake smaller, making the river smaller. Like that's one of the things that guides will tell you. Like if you go out on a guided trip with bang and bottom out on Pima tuning, one of the first things they're going to tell you is like the most important aspect of what they do is making that body of water smaller.
2: What's that saying? Ninety percent of the fish are in like ten percent of the water, or something. It's like some some stupid saying like that. I think it's true.
1: I think a lot of guys struggle too, like especially getting in. Like you got guys that they want to get into musky fishing. They have a boat or whatever the case is. They buy a boat. Like they go out there on the water. They're casting wherever they're casting, wherever they're trolling, and like. Dude, a lot of the fish. Like if you get on a banger day, like you catch six, seven, eight fish in a day, like a lot of those fish are coming out of like less than a hundred yard stretch, you know, and it's, it's different times of the year, but that, that it happens a lot like where you can get two, three, four bites, six, seven, eight bites in a literally a hundred yard stretch on how big, you know, how big of a lake do we have, you know, take, take a lake, like Lake Arthur. I don't know how big is Lake Arthur, whatever acreage. Like I don't know, I, I not it like ten thousand? Say say if it's ten thousand, like ten thousand acres of water there, and you're banging fish, like you could get on a, a hot streak in less than a hundred yards, hmm. you know. And that's that shouldn't intimidate you, because that's part of the fun—is trying to figure out where these fish go and what they're doing. Thirty-two
5: hundred acre. Okay. God damn. So so way
3: off. The the one that's like ten thousand, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, but,
1: shit. but that's the I mean that's the point of it is like. That's really one of the biggest things you can do is just shrink that body of water down. Yeah. It takes time. You just can't get frustrated with it.
5: Donnie, that's 16,000 acres. Oh, I mean, yeah. Yeah. But I'll bet, I'll bet the PA section is 10,000 10, acres. Well, I think something it's, like that. Yeah. I think maybe. it's,
3: yeah. The, other the, way around the areas that you're allowed to fish, not the propagation area. Maybe That's right. They have that like whole section that's like walled 10, off. 11,000. maybe. Uh, yeah.
2: Ryan, I had a question for you looking into the future. Uh, we are always talking about these destination trips that we want to go on. Is anything starting out with musky fishing, have you been eyeing up anywhere that you're like, oh, I got to make it there. Yeah. Like just even, remember.
5: even just like a guide, like a guide trip to Chautauqua or yeah. something like that. Like one, what's one step up.
0: Yeah. The, you know, I, I thought about getting the guide trip. Um, just to get me on a boat, uh, just because like, I've just watched so many musky videos from people catching, you know, from a boat and it's like, there's so many more, like the mechanics are just so different of your, like where you're standing, how you're holding a net, you know, it's like having someone yes. do the net job for you, like the position of your rod and, and all these different things. And it's like, I, like before I would make that like dream Canada trip for you know, my shot at the big one like i i just i feel like i'd like some experience just uh and that's why like you know muddy creek guides seem like the logical place to go um Mm -hmm. and then doing like the chautauqua trip or uh even getting out on Pima tuning um this is you know i I grew up yeah
5: check out the bang and bottom guys out on pie yeah
0: yeah i mean there's like there's like the, the the far ahead like dream trips and then there's like the i need the education
4: first yeah just like, you, that's you can always book
3: a trip know. with me, Ryan. The <laughs> the price is a lot better, but the production's probably not quite as high.
0: You do shore lunch, or do I have to bring that? <laughs> hey, you're <laughs> you're, you're, you're the, the culinary you're
1: the
5: culinary guy. <laughs> yeah,
0: uh, I seen that. Uh, oh, and I seen you cooking up there. Uh, oh man, I,
5: I like to cook, but I'm a complete amateur. So, uh, I, hey, that's good. I, I I would be happy to learn on that front for sure.
3: Uh, just bring my Blackstone out Ryan
2: you can come with me
3: anytime
2: (laughs) that's such a humble outlook and I like that though that like you're like I'm not ready to go to Canada you know what I like you can't enjoy all that Canada has to offer until you you know you reach a certain level I think that's important for a lot of people to kind of understand I mean you can don't get me wrong you can go to Canada and have a fun time but who's going to have the better time, you know what I mean? The guy that's been fishing one year, the experienced musky guy that can like truly milk that out for all it's worth. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's all I look but, at it too sometimes.
0: So much uh, like, uh, for me, for fishing, like it was, it, it was mindset. And that's when like my, my success, I, I feel like any success that I've had that changed when like my, I was confident in what I was doing.
5: And, uh, that's why you hear guys they they, you know, you, guys that catch fish on a certain bait and they just stick to it because it's a complete and total confidence thing. And if you find something yeah. that works for you, there is no reason to stop doing it. Right. You might want to add to your repertoire. You might want to add things to it, but keep doing that stuff. Yeah. The yeah. Bite I wouldn't want to go up there
0: if I felt like a complete, like, like, I don't know what to do when I get that hook set in on a boat, you know? Um, Cause that's a, that's a big investment of time and money. And it's like, I'd rather just keep it local with, especially like, you know, I got a chance to talk to Vance a little bit of, at Muskie Max last year. And like, um, I was just blown away with just like how much he wanted to help everyone that was in his circle around him with like how to run the baits. And and uh, I was like, man, that would be good for me. Because I was intimidated about taking a, a guide trip because I was like, I, I don't want to be out there. And like these guys are like, what is this guy doing? You know what I mean? Um, now that I, I have, uh, quite a few muskie under my belt by my standards, I, I, it's less intimidating, but I didn't want to go out there and just be like that, that asshole you hear about on, uh, some of the podcasts. Yeah. Uh,
5: so I don't think,
2: I don't think anybody would make fun of you for going out there to learn, you know, like, I think that's a no, really-
5: no, no. I think there's a big difference between guys that go out there to learn and and they walk on a boat and they they have the attitude that they're going to learn if you walked on a boat with you know with the attitude that you know it all and you're going to teach them well you're not probably not yeah. going to have that that enjoyable of a time but you if you're humble which you obviously are ryan you know vance i've never been out with vance but everyone tells me that he loves to teach people you know he loves to to you know really he's not afraid to to give knowledge, so to speak. And uh, you know, that's what you need, man. I've heard the same about Todd. I've heard, you know, that Todd young is just an incredibly open and, 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 you know, available guide, so to speak, that will tell you teach you. Yeah. Yeah. That That is
3: something that's probably not talked about enough though. Cause I do, I understand where Ryan's coming from there and in that it can almost be intimidating if you don't know to even want to book a trip like that for fear that you're just going to look like a, you know, complete idiot out there in front of a professional or something. So you're you're almost afraid to do it. Uh, I I felt that way a little bit before I went out the first time uh, when I went with Todd young Uh, and I mean, Todd was awesome. So I, I, that went away pretty quickly once we got out there and he, you know, he probably made me feel better about myself than I even actually was. Cause he was telling me that I was doing a good job. when really, I don't think that I was doing that great of a job, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it, it can be, there can be an element of that. I think that like, uh, you know, it, it's, I don't know. I don't want to say it's ego because I don't think that it's an ego that's going to keep you from doing it, but it can be scary to to go in, you know, just asking somebody to flat out teach you how to do something, even if you are paying for
4: it.
0: Yeah. I think and, and honestly, like one of the things like I'm like I'm a 40 year old man too, you know. Is it I I'm like, I feel like I'm just behind the pack. So a lot of it was just like I, I shouldn't be asking these guys who might even be younger than me, like showing me what to do. But now I don't care. It, it's something that I want so bad that you just kind of kind of put that behind you. But it definitely like held me back earlier from taking that kind of trip. It was
3: the same yeah, with like everybody
5: started someplace. And yeah. what
3: you have to think about is like, I mean, these guys are professionals. Like they, they, that's right. come trait. to my job. That's what yeah, they come, yeah come yeah I mean, come to my job.
5: I'm sure I you'd look a little silly doing my job if right. you didn't yeah, know what you're doing. Exactly. And, is. You know, like if, so there's no if, reason to be embarrassed that you are not as good at someone as they as they are at their job. Right.
3: right. And yeah. any good guy, you know, would would treat the situation that way because it it's be with anything that, you know, you hire a plumber because you don't know how to fix the plumbing in your house. You know, if you did, you wouldn't need the plumber. Right. (laughs) Uh, You know, those types of things, you know, that you bring in the professional, you learn from them and, and, and it, it makes you a better fisherman moving forward. That's Mm -hmm. the great thing about it is that, you know, and, and a lot of these guys, you know, guys like Vance, Todd, Brian Clark's another one, great local guy. Chad Harmon, uh, I fished with all of those guys, and you know, I've I've built relationships with them to where, you know, I I I don't ask them for things like necessarily, but like I can reach out, or I have in the past some different things, and like bounce ideas off of them, and and like you know, hey, you know, this isn't working, you know, and and I've had you know Brian be like, well, why don't you try this, or or you know, things like that, and it's it yeah, you got to look
5: at it as always expanding your kind of knowledge base you know like donnie said you know he's kept kept you know in touch with these people like ryan you now have this whole group of people that you can lean on and reach out to and say hey oh and hey donnie hey tom you know ryan like what about this you know and and, or let's go out and fish someday like we all have boats we'll all take you out and you know it's like it's that's just kind of how how it happens you know it's 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 not in an IT sense, Ryan, but it's it's happen, It should happen organically. organically, <laughs> as
1: they would say in the IT world. <laughs> I was gonna just kind of echo some of this too. Like the thing of it is, is like these guides. Like we're really lucky where we live. Like we might not be in like the musky mecca of Minnesota, Wisconsin, Canada, but we've got some really good water. Pennsylvania, Ohio, West Virginia, New York, in all of those states, we have really good guides. Guys that first and foremost, when you pay them to take you fishing, they will teach you about the sport of muskie fishing. You know, Todd, Vance, Doug from Bang & yeah, Bottom. I was going to say, don't forget Bang & Bottom because like, I left them out. When I think was about, like, off,
3: I think about Chase
1: Gibson right now. West, West Virginia has one of the, I would say, best fisheries right now for giant muskies. And Chase is putting <laughs> fish in a boat and he's teaching. He's a young guy. But he's teaching his clients and first and foremost like in our local area our four or five states around us we have some of the best guides that will teach you the sport of musky fishing foremost when you pay them to take you out on the, on the water so that should never like don't let that stuff bother you like there is no dumb question when you're getting into the sport of musky fishing and the other thing that owen said you know having that support group <clears throat> like well i think each of us have probably multiple chat groups we're in yeah, right. We have our, we have our Musky Youngs chat group. I've got, you know, Donnie and I are in a couple of different chat groups. Talk you know, whatever it is, like we have different check, but it's a, I, only, I group. only have one check. What, what's guys. the name of that know. one? I don't want to say right? I'm loyal. I can't say it. Don't make me say it. No, don't say it. Uh, but you know, the point is like, we all need support groups. Like, and it's, it, it really is like, dude, it's and any other thing too. Like, I will say this about our little chat groups. It makes me feel less motivated to post fish on social media. And I'm more likely to post a picture of a fish I catch in our chat group. Because you can
5: get the the more genuine gratification from your buddies in the chat group than you can from randoms on on Facebook who are going to ooh and all your 39 inch musky and be like,
1: I'll never swim in that body of water again. (laughs) But But the information exchange, it all helps. You know, and, you, and Ryan, you can reach out to any one of us. And I'll include oh, I'll Nick on this, too. You can reach out to any one of us and ask Yeah, whoever. Nick will we're give you all the
3: information. Answer. Reach out to Nick first. Yeah. Start mm-hmm. with Nick. We're yeah. not always
1: going to have the best answer for you. yeah, <laughs> <but laughs> we're not always going to be right. That's We're going to be wrong a wrong. lot. But sometimes you need to be wrong to be, to need to be right. In the long run, if that makes sense. Do if that
5: makes run. any sense,
1: that's <laughs> a problem. Spitting heat, but... Ryan Spitting <laughs> baby, spitting. Right. <laughs> Damn, two weeks in a row. Oh, Hot yeah. fire, Dylan. Um, fire sauce, baby, all day.
2: Do you have any other questions, Ryan? I mean, do you bring anything else you want to talk about? This is kind of where we open it up to, as if it
5: wasn't opened up already. But... Yeah, at about the two-hour mark, we kind of yeah, kinda, yeah <laughs> we're going to let you becomes talk. a free-for-all. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Uh, i mean one of one of the things was like the the avenues of, of mentorship uh which i had and then because that, that's been hard for me it's like youtube can only show you so much yeah. and um so like like having you guys now it's like a, a resource is like gigantic
5: uh well, you know now now guys are starting to 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 charge for youtube uh, we won't get into uh, that yeah
1: come on man stay gonna... away from the negative
5: I know, I know I should. But no, I mean, I, I think it, there's so much information out there on YouTube, but it never replaces the genuine experience. having the guy that you can contact and be like, dude, this just keeps happening. Like, what do I do? You know, or, you know, yeah. anything. just Just someone that you can just shoot the shit with that is not going to, you're not looking to impress. You know, you're not looking to wow. Like, yeah. I'm not going to impress anyone in our chat crew with anything that I that I say. So it's the arch, you know, I don't, I don't say something in the chat group for that reason. You know what I mean? Like you, you become, I don't know, I guess more, more humbled by the people that you, the more people you have, the bigger your musky support group is, I guess the more humbling it is, I would say.
4: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's I said, it's, it's it's been just kind of a solo journey. And I think that's really like, I'm, I'm proud of what I've done, but it's definitely like, it's, I think it's held me back a little bit. So, uh, this is all great because yeah, there's, there's a, it's not even just like, there, there is so much information on YouTube and mm-hmm. it doesn't always just translate. And so much of it too. Um, like I think of my friend Dave in North Carolina was it wasn't just the stuff he was showing me and like these knots that I was getting excited about. Um, but it was just like setting an example of just like where he's at. Like he, he dedicated himself to fishing. He had the garage with all these rods and he's like, you know, he's tying his own rigs and stuff. And that too, I was like, I want that about like musky back home. You know, like I don't, I don't have that.
5: And that's, what's great about muskies is that you can do that.
4: Yeah. Like you
5: can literally make something in your basement and go catch a muskie on it. And you want to talk about something satisfying. I mean, that's another level like that, that, that you could, that you go to that, Hey, I'm going to build something that was going to trick this fish that everyone says is the hardest fish to catch. And I am going to build it and do it with my hands. It, it really is. I mean, it's it's just another whole nother level to it. And I don't know that it would be the same if I made my own crappie rig. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll save
5: that debate for another one. I don't know. Maybe it would be that fun. I don't know.
1: Hey Ryan, the other thing too that's helped some of us. I am not going to say all of us, but we, you know, we're we're kind of established as a little group here. What? Jeez, come on, man. It took me, that took me a second. I, uh, <laughs> he knocked me off. Like <laughs> thinking about your local area. Okay. One of the things that helped me and I wouldn't have met any of these guys without maybe Tom, cause I ran into him at Gander mountain. This is true. Maybe Donnie. Cause I didn't really meet him through the club, but talking about Muskie's Inc. Okay. That's another yeah. resource for you because if you, even if you just come out to a meeting, you don't have to join the club. You can come out to a meeting, say on a night where we have, you know, they have a guest speaker or whatever. Dude, You, you've, you have to understand like there are guys in the club that are great resources. Like I wouldn't have caught my first muskie. I wouldn't have learned half of what I learned if it wasn't for, you know, guys like Evan Shaw's in the club. You know, I had resources like my buddy, Dan, but I wouldn't have caught my first musky bank yank. And if it wasn't for Evan and I met Evan through three rivers, you know, chapter 16 muskies Inc.
5: Dude. I was so intimidated to, to go to my first musky chapter 16 muskies Inc. Meeting that I took my daughter with me. It was the lore swap. <laughs> and I like, just didn't want to go by myself. So I took my daughter who was like nine or eight at the time, you know, and she helped she, We brought lures and whatnot, but like, that is what, led me to meeting Ryan and this was probably what in 2018 or 19 maybe it was 18 18 yeah I don't know when it was but it was a long time it was a while ago but had I not taken that step and dragged my daughter there I wouldn't have you know even begun down this road to have the I guess the the support group that I have now. Support group. I, love I, I think a support group is a good way to put it. <laughs> it is. You can it join
1: is. you can join the club or you can start off by coming to a meeting. Come to the lore swap, man. Come hang out. Yeah, with dude. Us at the come lore to the lore swap.
5: All right. Seriously. You don't have to bring anything. Like people think like if I don't bring like a tackle box oh, no, full welcome. of baits, it's not yeah. no, dude. Come and just walk around.
3: Like I have if you do you have some too. stuff you need sold. Don Senior will happily sling yeah. it for you mm-hmm. while you
5: <laughs> Don Senior only takes a twenty five percent commission though.
4: Yeah.
0: I have so many baits that I've pulled out of and Rivers that I don't understand why people are even using them there um, that are, like, very expensive. And I just, like, I've just been saving them up. I mean, this box is probably worth, like, $500 at this point.
2: Oh, there you go. You're set.
1: Some A couple of them might be mine. I, I'll just come trade them all for
0: husky yeah. housekeepers.
1: <laughs> yeah. You lay
2: those out on a table. Ryan Reed's gonna go. Wait a minute.
1: Wait a second. Did I recognize I that
2: one and that one. And did you pull this one out of a tree? See, oh, that's
1: mine. You were a lot smarter than me because I'm the dumb one that every time I pull a bait out of somewhere, I post it on my story, and somebody's like, "Oh, that's my bait <laughs> that's from that's two my weeks ago." Yeah. Like I've literally returned, I would say, at least eight or nine lures to their original owners. One of which was Joel's Ziggy that we snagged out of pima Tuning. I gave it Just back. keep to your president. mouth shut. Keep, keep your, your mouth, mouth shut. What ziggy? Hold on to, hey, Joel got a ziggy back. Uh, um, it's, it. you know, it's fine. But if I wouldn't do that, I would probably have, like, I need any more musculars right now.
5: Don't you have somebody's meatball, Tom? Well, yeah, that was. Yeah, uh, he caught, Cody caught, flies. <laughs> Talking about catching people's
2: lures, Ryan. I caught a crankbait floating around in Pima Tuning Lake the one day, and it turns out
1: Ryan knows the guy who lost that one. We were there the day before you, yeah. and he snagged that bait. <laughs>
3: And guess who, who had, guess who
1: has that lore now? And I haven't even told Cody that. Yeah, Ryan
3: has it. I just did. I have it. Cody. Cody. Oh, you have it. <laughs> oh, is that
1: Cody? Cody Fi? Yeah. Yep. Oh, Cody texted me today, and he asked me when the lore swap is. So we're talking about this whole lore swap. Does anybody know? Uh, Someone told me it was February.
4: Shortly after recording, the Hunks got word that the lure swap will be held on February 12th at the Northside
5: Sportsman's Association in Warrendale, Pennsylvania, from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. <laughs>
3: It's usually like the week before, the week after the Ohio show. I feel like it's always right around the same time, and then Max is
5: like a couple weeks later, a couple weeks after. Okay, so let's talk about Max real quick while we while we have everybody here. Um, we're talking about let's do possibly doing a like a Friday night listener meetup in the sense of you know we just find a bar or whatever bar or restaurant where people come and just kind of hang out and. Maybe we could record an episode, maybe not, I don't know if we have any listener interest. I don't know if there would be. So if there if, if any of our listeners would be interested in something like that, let us know we would we will see what we can do. I would be interested as a listener. There you go. Nice. <laughs> Got one.
4: Got one. <laughs> We yeah,
3: already I, I right. already know we have a special guest, my roommate for the Muskie Max. Oh yeah.
5: That's right. We have we, have we have a special guest coming in from uh from the the wild state of Washington.
3: Should I, I was to say should we drop it or should yeah, we Yeah, I don't it know. It?
5: Let's uh, we'll just leave it. We'll leave if it If you
3: listen to a previous podcast, you might be able to figure this out.
5: Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, there's some talk, there we there are some rumblings about us doing this month this hunk spring fling. And bringing some guys in from out of state from like Wisconsin and Minnesota and Illinois. And we're starting to get a little traction here.
4: Uh, So I don't, I don't, uh, I
5: don't want to go, I don't want to go committing anyone at this point, but I can say that we have some, some, some big name. I would say some, what I would consider bigger name guests that would be joining us uh, for, for that weekend. If, if it all worked out.
3: And I'm going to say, uh, Mr. Chavara, if you're uh, bringing that Blackstone. Chavara, Donnie, one.
5: get it right. Chavara,
3: Chavara, I'm sorry. Chavara. Chavara. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. <dude. laughs> Ryan, how about this? Ryan, if you bring hey. that Blackstone, you're welcome on the track. Buddy. I'll bring the whole machine,
0: man. That thing's only That's 500 it. pounds.
3: <laughs> we can do
0: that I want to put two pontoons on the side of it and there,
5: there you go. go dude I talked about that a, a, another time on a podcast like Canada Lake 4th of July yeah if you put a pontoon boat out there you could make I don't even know how but again it's very limited it would be only on like maybe five or six days a year where it could really I don't know make money but I would I think that would be an awesome idea just set up a Blackstone mm-hmm. on a pontoon boat and <laughs> go around throwing thing.
2: her hands up in the air because she's had this idea for about five years now.
5: Yeah. Oh. Hey, I'm, I'm serious.
2: Ryan, I would, I I would consider it. If you're looking for one, my girlfriend will go into business with you for your food pontoon. <laughs> <laughs>
1: into it. <laughs> we'll even All sponsor right.
5: it. Yeah. Thanks.
0: <laughs> well, anything
1: what else,
2: Ryan? I mean, it's
0: no, I just, uh, you know, I personally just while I'm on, just want to thank you guys for doing this. Um, it's been so helpful and inspiring for me. And it's been awesome to even like watch you guys progress, you know, like as po- the podcast. It's like when I was like listening to that Joe Booker episode, I was like, these guys are so good. Like coming from like, <laughs> Thanks, you know, episode babe. one, as far as like not talking over each other, just like good interviewers. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's That's like, awesome. it's always yeah. entertaining, but like, it's it's been such a huge part of like keeping me motivated and it's it's just been great and then fishing you know like going back to what i was talking about with my life earlier it's been like that it's given me so much purpose and has and kept me on a a good path and i can honestly say it saved my life so you guys have been a part of that and uh i can't thank you enough
5: hey ryan i can't hey, thank you enough for <laughs> listening and and sharing your story because you know i know that myself and Nick in particular, when you talked to us at Muskie Max, like we were both like very moved by just you coming up to us and telling us your story. And, you know, so to kind of bring it all full circle and have you on here and hopefully this upcoming year, we'll actually get you out on one of our boats or more of our boats and kind of, you know, you know, let's, let's just, let's see, you know, we all kind of have experience on different lakes and, you know, it's, it's about expanding your, your horizons and the people that you fish with and the people that you talk to, which obviously you're doing now, um, yeah. there's no replacement. There's, you know, there's no, no excuse or, you know, no replication of actually talking to people in person and learning it from the people who have done it. I don't want to hear shit from people who haven't done it because I haven't done it. So I don't, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's like, I want to hear from people who have in fact done it. Yeah. Yeah that's and and that's what you're doing here we're kind of a little bit further up on the scale in terms of you know a lot of us have done it uh, more years or whatever but i'm I, dude you're saying you're 40 years to. old i'm 45 and i just i mean i main my i've really only been doing this for five six years so 2017 <laughs> 2017 was when it that was when my moment like i got hit on the head with a hammer And I had always liked muskies. I had always been into them. I would always wanted to catch them. I would always watched these shows, but I had never done it. And then one week when my dad, we we rented cottages at Canada Lake. My dad and I caught nine muskies in a week. Just trolling, trolling on a pontoon boat, holding rods under our arms. It was, (laughs) you you want to talk about just dumb luck. And, but that, that week just completely set me, on a new path just of and i've never caught that mu- that many fish at canadota in in that you know what i mean it's never happened again but right. when it happened in my life it was like it was kind of like a knocking on the door like there was like someone someone was knocking on the door like pay attention to me you know yeah. like this is what you want to do it's not that other shit that you, you got yourself doing, you know, it's not playing golf at the country club where everyone drinking and, you know, doing all that shit, you know, it's, let's get out into nature. Let's, let's, let's spend some time trying to catch this fish. And I, dude, it has been the best life shift like in my life. Uh, and again, you're 40, I'm 45. So I was about your age when this really hit me maybe slightly younger, but, you know, that's yeah. don't ever think that you're too. Old, you know what I mean? Like, oh, there. I would love to talk to Chase Gibson. I I had to miss that episode, but he's 23 years old. I'd yeah, love to pick the, I'd love to pick that kid's brain, like, because he knows so much more than me just in the time that he's been doing it, because he has a concentrated knowledge base. Where you go into culinary school, you have a concentrated knowledge base in the culinary industry. I have a concentrated knowledge base in the law, like. Yeah it does age doesn't matter you know it's about knowledge so don't ever think like oh you're 40 you, dude you could be you you could be you know you could have 450s by the time you're 45 you know so oh so <laughs> you no know, that but that's that's it's serious you know you just got again but like donnie was saying earlier you got to pick your bodies of water you're yeah. not going to catch 450s you know in in, in the, creek. the creeks yeah. you're just not it just right, you'd, you'd have to get totally lucky.
3: You've oh, got a great day go- growing that creek, they might the one that I'll tell you from what, what like 46 to 50 in a month. One summer, I'll tell you what, <laughs> if you want to catch muskies, you do what Owen did when he caught
1: nine fish on Canadota Lake. Works everywhere, it works every single body <laughs> of water you're gonna fish. And that is shiny things way, behind way
3: behind the, the boat. boat. That's it.
1: <laughs> if we have one, if we have one bit of advice
5: from the Muskie hunks podcast, shiny baits way behind the boat.
3: And when you <laughs> think it's behind the boat enough, let it back. Keep it going.
1: More. Keep going further <laughs> back. That's an inside thing. We'll catch you up to speed on it yeah
0: appreciate
5: it (laughs) all right boys this has been a lot of fun ryan i'm I'm really glad you decided to join us and uh, i've really enjoyed this and uh, first and foremost i can't uh, i wish you all the best of luck with the business because you're you're in the beginning phases of a business that shows all the promise in the world and take advantage of that you know like you're gonna and i i think you're gonna do that so i wish you the best of luck
0: thank you and like um this goes for everyone listening. I told my staff when we opened that anyone with a uh, visible fishing license gets twenty percent off, nice. and if you have the muskie stamp, it's half off.
4: Ooh, so
0: keep that in mind. I um,
4: oh, uh, did not know uh, that.
0: I know that's. I I, I knew him, that was you when you came up to, when we were we were cooking inside because
5: of the weather. Yeah, it was it was shitty weather, and I was like, you know what? I'm I do not want to bother him and be like, dude, it's it's oh, guy from the Muskie Podcast. That's oh, the,
0: one of the joys of like doing it, especially like I I almost don't want to open up inside because like I love being outside talking. there. like all I do is just talk weather, fishing, Pittsburgh sports, and like neighborhood gossip. And it's like, well, you
5: gotta you gotta set up a you gotta set up the flat top inside where you're facing like almost like a hibachi in the oh, sense yeah. that you're facing the customer. Cause, cause your place, you have that, those, all that bar like diner bar seating, right? Yeah. yeah so, Well, we're getting there. Yeah. So if you have, if you could somehow turn the, the flat top around and you're like kind of like a sushi chef that, you know, rolled <laughs> sushi in front of their, in front of the people, you know, <laughs>
0: flicking shrimp in people's mouths. Absolutely.
5: Yeah. <laughs> flicking Ooh. breakfast sandwiches.
2: Flicking I, I've never,
0: I've never done. I know. I think we're all black stone owners here. If you guys figure out how to do the Onion Volcano, like, they did you it. call me? <laughs> you. <laughs> Dawn Senior might be the one to talk
2: to on
5: that.
1: The, wait a second. I, the Onion Volcano. Okay. I it's just like don't my, know what goes in it. Like, what do they put in it? I think it's just like vodka. Vodka?
5: It's yeah, like it's so watered so down, so watered down alcohol. Well, that's my that's always my question is what do they put in it? Because I, I think know. we could do the volcano. I mean you can wear hairspray. I don't know that's what you see it's a <laughs> guys. <laughs> a little
3: gasoline. <laughs>
5: <laughs> all right. Do we have I... anything else to add here tonight, boys?
2: Uh, thank you, Ryan man mean, that everything Ry, you said means the world to us and glad something's working out for you too. Yeah, thanks guys.
0: I really appreciate it.
1: Keep in touch, all right. Don't be a stranger, Ryan. Yeah, man. Reach out.
4: We'll do.